Hello, and welcome to another episode of Andrew's Amazing Podcast. I'm one of your host, James Santana, and as always, I'm joined by my sidekick, Hunter Van Lero. Yo! We are brought to you by Andrew's Amazing Comics down in Sayville, so let's start the show. Shout out to Danny for this, because she knows I'm an X-Men fan. <laughs> so, uh, Marvel announces a team of build a bear, and they're making a Wolverine bear with its own retractable claws. Oh, they're actually retractable? Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's only because Danny wanted me to talk about it. Yeah, that's and funny. Kind of I didn't know their, their claws were being retractable. Could we get Cyclops that actually shoots like an infrared little dot, like cool. a laser pointer yeah. Cyclops? Yeah, it makes pointer good. Oh, make, or like a blind. nightcrawler that disappears and never comes back. <laughs> That's haunting, dude. What if they could do a metal one and it's just Colossus? It's just a, like, like it's a hard just, steel like a fucking bear. <laughs> it's like my build it. <laughs> it's, just, it's a weapon. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that'd be funny. Give us a whole X-Men line. Act a line into, like, realistic X-Men Build-A-Bears. And then they'll do Guardians of the Galaxy, and the, it'll be a tree and an actual raccoon that they sell to you. That's gross. <laughs> they sell you a bear that looks like a tree that is made of bark. Oh, God, And they just no. give you a raccoon in a t-shirt that says, help. Oh. <laughs> no. No. All right, we're going to jump into actual news now. So, uh, let's come, last uh, week, Marvel announced a bunch of new books between their Marvel Polis book, which we talked about last week. Um, and some stuff coming out in December, which will be on in previews in the next two weeks. So starting off, uh, Symbiote Spider-Man is coming out with, coming out with another series. This time ho- focusing on Symbiote Spider-Man versus Hobgoblin, which I'm excited for. I love Hobgoblin. I was actually thinking to myself before that was announced, I was like, there hasn't there hasn't been any Hobgoblin stories of recent yeah. besides um, the Axis stuff and then the Hobgoblin Goblin Knight thing that happened in Amazing Spider-Man yep. right after he came back yep. from Superior. Yeah. So I was like, oh man, we need more Hobgoblins. I think he's a really good villain, especially the Ned Leeds one. Yeah, and again, he's going to focus on the older ones. Yeah, because it's back in the... Yeah, he's got the symbiote black suit stuff. And it's also, is he still with Black Cat in that book? I don't know. I didn't read Symbiote. Oh, okay. I didn't read the end. Yeah, I didn't read the end, so I don't know. Another new series that was kind of surprising, which is Conan Serpent Wars. <laughs> yeah. Which is Conan. Dark Agnes. Dark she's Agnes. Like a pirate chick. She's a new character. She's like a well, Red she, Sonya. She, well, type. she's not new. new. No. She's an older Conan character. Yeah. But she's a newer Marvel character. Yes. And then Solomon Kane. Solomon Kane. That's awesome. Everyone's going and surprise. Nuts. Moon Knight. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Mark Spector, Moon Knight. Now, you said something happens kind of in the, in the okay. annual. I won't spoil it because I know you haven't read it yet. Yeah, and I, I won't really spoil it really for the show. There's something that, in my opinion, that happens in the annual that will, that makes this story make sense. Okay. So it kind of works because he fights Kang in that. And right. Time traveling conqueror guy. Right. Yeah. So it, it makes sense in the Moon Knight story why he may be involved in this. Why there's an option for him to go do that? Yes. And then come back into the main universe. Otherwise, you know he's still in the main universe because of the Punisher book. Yes. Yes. Because he's still part of the new Thunderbolts, and if that book if Punisher gets canceled. Because get, it's canceled in issue 16, which yeah. comes out in November, I think. Mm-hmm. Or October, yeah. and then November is its hiatus. If December launches with a new Thunderbolts book, and it's Punisher, Night Thrasher, Thunderbolts. No, they, w- they would have announced it already. Well, no. The oh, Marvel no. solicits aren't out yet. The Marvel solicits come out this Friday. Yeah, true. Come out so this it week. could be... Could be. Or are they waiting for uh, October? Or they're waiting for January. Probably January, because NYCC is coming up. Yeah. Ooh, they might announce it in MICC. If you were to they do it, they had Thunderbolts book since the Winter Soldier one in yeah. 2017. I, and they're not really called the Thunderbolts. Every, it's just, every, like, know, us it, fans, we're calling yeah. them Thunderbolts. But they're not really the Thunderbolts. They'll probably call them Thunderbolts. You know, well, well they're not. It's not like a thing right now. It's just fans like to call them the Thunderbolts because well, yeah. I speculate. Well, it's also on every speculation. Every speculator site calls them the Thunderbolts because they want them to be the Thunderbolts. I mean, they'll be a good ass team. Maybe minus uh, Ghost Rider. 
because he's got his own no book, book coming out. out. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Beyond that weird Moon Knight add-on, you have DC announces two more one-shots, which are the Death final Bringer. two of oh, the yeah. Secret Six. Yeah, the Death so Bringer. Deathbringer which and is Donna's the, which name. is Donna's new name. That's cool. Yeah, I'd rather Troya. Just I wish that's yeah, where it would tied back to yeah. Titans, which would have been cool. And then the Commissioner. Ah, oh, the most intimidating name ever. I do like his, his the the whole mask thing Look, he wears. The mask is cool. Yeah, the black mask. The, yeah. That's like the like the white and black black mask I he like wears. That, but I wish his name like I was saying before the commissioner who laughs, but I know oh, the detective who laughs. You know I hate that. But you know I think you, the commissioner is kind of lame too. But what, what could they call him? Exactly. Yeah, the detective, the cop. Yeah. The mustache. <laughs> the mustache. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. The stash. You know what? That's better. And then DC got one other. New yes. Book, right. It's a one shot. It's a one shot, and it's a sequel. It's another sequel to Dark Knight. Is it Dark a sequel Knight. or is it an interlude? Nope. I thought it was an interlude. Nope. It's a continuation. It's a, okay. Literally, continue, did you read DK three? Yeah. It's a sequel to DK three. Oh, it's just one issue though. Yep. It's called the Golden Child. Golden Child, right? focusing on Jonathan Kent. Gotcha. It's about him and his power set. And a new, an evil arising because it's after it's way after DK three. He's like five now, so it's about five years after DK three. Okay, and it could loosely tie into the Superman book he's doing, or no? No, no, no. He even said that uh, they interviewed. Okay, News Rama interviewed. It seems Fra- like it comes out in a weird time. Frank Miller interviewed uh, was interviewed by News Rama, and they were like, "Hey, you know, does it tie in?" They're like, "No, it doesn't tie in." I don't it's think just... it tied in directly. I think it was just a tongue in cheek. Like, no, hey, he uh, he apologized for how he portrayed. Su- portray Superman back in, when he wrote DK originally. Yeah, he was like, for all those years ago, I made him like a like a kind of a dictator douche kind yeah, of Yeah, and then he's like, I have a new appreciation for character. Because he he's writing him now. But then he's also, what he can do. but in the same sentence goes, he doesn't need my pity though. Yeah, I saw like, that. come on, douche. He doesn't need my pity. It's like, shut up. He's just a good character. <laughs> Timeless. So, yeah. Superman wouldn't want your pity anyway. Yeah, exactly. But that's what it is. Like, um, DK's golden child is just a one-shot that revolves around their son and what he's going to be now. Okay. Because, like, right now, the entire uh, DK3 really focuses on Kara becoming... Focuses on her Kryptonian heritage stuff. Yeah. And how it betrays her. And then at the end, it's about Superman and Kara living a life as humans. Yeah. Now it's going to be about John trying to do that. But as a Buddha, baby. But as, like, a little Buddha. Okay. He, like, has... He has a different power set than the rest. That's because why. Because he's mixed with Amazonian blood. Right. right? No, but like that so was... So it's Kara. Yeah, I was going to say. But because Kara... What makes, her, what makes him different? Because Kara, her power set lent closer to Kryptonian than it did Amazonian. Oh, and his lens closer to more mythological Amazonian And stuff? magical, yes. Okay. So he has a mix of both powers. So he's powers. like invulnerable, but he like shoots magic or something. We, we, we don't, don't know, know yet, but like that's like an idea. But yeah, like so that, like the mean? one thing they've shown so far is like the, uh, the page... It's Kara and him floating, and he's just standing there, and he's, he looks like five from Umbrella Academy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> That's funny. DC announced another event, t- spinning out of what? Hell Arisen for You're the Villain? So Hell Arisen is going to be a one-shot, which is also going to be a prelude to the next big DC event. Yeah, it's also part of the Secret Six. It's, it's also a prelude to the Secret Six book. Because that's the first time we don't know. Well, because we don't know anymore because Batman Superman was supposed to be the prelude to it, but now, all right. So there's more preludes to it because each each of them has a one shot. Minus Hawkman and no, Hawkman does have one. No, it's just in his own book. It's just in his own book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Her her and Supergirl have their one shots in their own book. book, yeah. And then not even one shots. They're like story arcs in their book. Yeah, and then it's gonna be the other four. It's Scarab, King Shazam, Deathbringer, and Commissioner. 
And then Hellerision is the last one, and then it's going to be Secret what? Six, probably. No, the event, we don't know what it's going to be. Because the event is this. You're the villain has been leading up to this one moment. Because of... Jeff, Jeff Johns. Scott mm-hmm. Snyder has been planting seeds about we this wish event. Jeff I know. <laughs> uh, Scott Snyder has been planting seeds for a while about this. Uh, since Dark Metal, I think. Since Metal, yeah. What was the Batman who lost intention? His intention is just to bring the Dark Multiverse to the main universe and watching shit go crazy. Mm-hmm. Lex's plan now with uh, Peratuia, whatever her name is, the mother of the multiverse, Her plan, his plan is to bring Doom across and end the, all existence under his, under his guise. But even though that's not really Lex, it's Apex Lex, yes. who does not, in my opinion, share the same ideals as Lex. I know, we know, because, and we've been all of this, yeah, yeah. I don't like how he's being portrayed with his Apex, he would never do that. Not, we know that. Yeah. And, and that's we the, talk about it like every week, a, I know. A, an issue of Justice League comes out, it's I'm, like, Lex wouldn't act like this. It's like, it's he, not Lex. His whole thing is, humans are better than aliens, here's my reasoning. Not, I'm an alien now, so I'm the best. It would, uh, yeah. It's basically him becoming Superman and going... And yeah, and he's also on the control of somebody else. Yeah, and that's not Lex. that's not Lex. So his real thing isn't let's bring death to the world. His... This version of Lex. Master of it, yeah. Yeah. To bring death to the universe. So, since those ideals conflict, it's been all about bringing Lex to fight against the Batman who laughs. Apex Lex versus the Batman who laughs. So it's the Legion of Doom versus Secret Six. There better be a boxing variant poster of them duking it out in like an old-fashioned like, oh, yeah. versus with the stars and everything. That'd be cool. And it's Batman Who Lives versus Apex Lax and their groups. That's why the Secret Six. That's why the six of them, and then that's the Legion of Doom. Versus Minus Legion Joker, of Doom, yeah. Versus the Legion of Doom. Yeah. So it's Legion of Doom versus Secret Six, and for the fate of all the universe. That's what I'm assuming what the event's going to be, because Steiner's left a lot of hints about what... And that well, we this, know they're going to fight. That this this yeah. Hell Arisen is the prelude. That Which kind of sucks. Like, it spoils the first six issues of Batman Superman. Well, it they, comes out before that, though, I thought. It comes out around the same time issue 5 comes out. Yeah, so... So, but it says, that when you read this, let's spinning out of, out of Batman Superman issue... Yeah, they fail. And they blah, blah, fail, blah. and then same thing in Justice League. But how badly do they fail? Really? fail well, mm-hmm. same thing Well, same thing in Justice League. They're like, spinning out of Justice League, the Justice League has failed, and they've lost the Justice, they've lost the Justice Doom War. I'm like... Which, I hate it, like, cause you can do solicits where it just says, redacted. Yeah. Or just say... This is when it comes out. This is how much money it is. Here's the weird pin number or whatever. Yeah. You don't got to give the full... You say spinning happened. out of Just League. You say spinning out Batman I mean, Superman. But if you think about it, most it, fans don't read the solicits like I do. Like before, before I worked here, I used to read the solicits all the time. So did I. See what was coming out. Same thing. Before I worked, I did the same yeah, thing. Yeah, but then I realized, oh man, that gives me spoilers. Yeah, I but mean, now that I work here, I'm like, I justify well, it. Well, now the problem is... It's like I'll the, skip past Spider-Man stuff. I'm like, oh. Well, the problem now is that so let's now lead in just to news articles. So, for example, like... Oh, yeah, I know. Like, there's a... The Superman. Right. They're talking about how he's going to reveal his identity to the public. Yeah, and there's a whole article and on CBR. Article, and if you didn't... If you're not caught up with the whole event Leviathan stuff and the current Superman House of L stuff, you're going to be like, well, now I don't got to read it. I just got to start there. Yeah. Because they'll spoil everything else. Exactly. So that's the thing. And same with the Legion stuff. If you don't read... Oh, yeah. If you're just going to jump on Legion, you'll be like, oh, Superboy's here. Don't got to read that story. Exactly. I mean, yes. I mean, so, read Legion. Yeah, well, read Superboy, or Superman. Man. He's what, a man he came now. came back in, what, issue 7? Yes. Yeah. Seven Wait. to 15, I think. And the next one is the Return of Super Sons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get to finally see how Damien reacts to John being 17. 
adult, John. That's 17, you're not an adult. That's true, it's I guess. 18 mostly, but really 20 plus. Right when you're not a teen anymore. Exactly. Like, like, even though 19, you're considered an adult in the eyes of the law, you still got teen at the end of your number, so calm down. Ridiculous. <laughs> really ridiculous. I'm 22 teen, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you found this article, so take it away, Chief. All right. So the only reason why I want to talk about this is because... I didn't even know this was happening. Oh, if... I knew that they did a YouTube show that had, like, the whole yeah. amount of them in there. But I didn't know they were doing besides the one movie. So what Hunter's was referring to yeah. is that was a weird cold opening you just did. It wasn't a cold opening. I was just trying to not spoil the article, but also giving you my history. Yes. All right. So <laughs> I only know about the one movie. So for all you that know, uh, apparently Hunter didn't. Uh, Valiant's been trying to build their own cinematic universe, and we've known that for a little bit. I thought it was just a Bloodshot movie. Right. No, it's Bloodshot, uh, Faith, Harbinger. Faith movie? That's cool. They're going to be doing those movies. I'm in for that one. So. They've been building up, trying to do world. their own um, cinematic universe. Exo Man, ooh, that'd be a good one. Yeah, it's supposed to be Bloodshot, Exo, and something else with like, the first three. Ninja K. I think it was Ninja K. Or Ninja, technically, not Ninja Faith, K. And then Faith, and then... And then we'll roll out to, like, Harbinger, and then, because remember... Archer she, Armstrong, give me well, that Well, no, remember, Faith came from uh, ha uh, Harbinger first. Yeah. And so we're not that... But that's the okay, whole thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So why right. is it in trouble, then? So, back in 2008, Paramount uh, Studios licensed the rights to all the Valiant people. Okay. Uh, last year or the year before, Valiant was uh, full control. Of Valiant went to a Chinese company called DMC, and that's where they announced the Diesel Bloodshot movie. Right. Yeah. I know. Well, no, that. no, that was part of the Paramount deal too. Oh. Okay. That's they're the ones who took the uh, the YouTube thing off. They, oh, they actually took it. They're down? the ones who took it down because they weren't making money off it. Valiant's. Valiant gave them permission to do that. I understand the was rights it, were bought, but like. No, no, it wasn't Paramount that made them take it off. So Valiant before DMC took full control, it was I forgot who owned Valiant before that, mm -hmm. and DMC was like a side company that owned it. Yeah. But then DMC took full control of it, and took down the YouTube uh, movie because they're like, why you why did you do this whole movie, and you could well, it, it was a four or five issue uh, five episode, episode thing. Yeah. Yeah, but why? Like but why do all that? When you could have just put that money towards your actual cinematic universe, they didn't which put you that signed. Much money towards. I think Bat in the Sun put most of the yeah. money forward. They just uh, licensed out the characters right. to them, and they got some big actors like right. Jason David Frank was Bloodshot, which was really good casting. Uh, the Deadshot guy was Ninja K. Uh, some sitcom actor was EXO, which was cool. So sorry, it's fine. <laughs> so then the eight Paramount had it. Then two twenty fifteen. Sony picked up the rights. Oh, that's the Bloodshot movie, right? Yes, that's okay, the one we're talking. Yes, okay. that's Vin Diesel one. They've so they've seen it all. Yes, so they're supposed to be filming Harbinger this year. So Valiant, the Valiant Sony deal is a five-picture deal: Bloodshot, Harbinger, two sequels, and a crossover Harbinger Wars film. Okay. The problem though <laughs> is that between Sony and Paramount, now both studios own rights. Paramount. So, the problem now is, there's an Eternal Warrior movie supposed to be coming out with Dave Bautista supposed to be as Eternal Warrior. No. And then Arthur Armstrong movie with the Venom director. Travis Knight? No. Ruben Fleisch, uh, Fleischer. Fleischer? Oh, Travis Knight was the writer. Yeah. So, no, he was the one who did Bumblebee. Why am I thinking? Okay. But the thing. Oh, wait, so They're going to get Dave Bautista to play the Eternal Warrior? That's a bad thing. It's only in talks. I think David Bautista would be a good villain. The Eternal Warrior is kind of like a thin athletic kind of guy. So I the, see Dave Batista as the Armstrong. 
To quote THR, which is the Hollywood Reporter, yeah, Valiant is focused on keeping together its core characters such as EXO, Eternal War, and Armstrong, who writes they retain. They're trying to do like a Valiant Paramount universe, while Sony owns the rest, like Bloodshot and all the others. So there's going to be two Valiant universes going on at once. One of them is the Andy Prouty Brothers and EXO. The other one is Bloodshot, Ninja K. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, they do have enough characters to have a split universe, but that's stupid. Yeah. And people are going to get so confused. Exactly. And the problem is, like, those that read the comics won't understand. I mean, Valiant's not as big as name as, like, Marvel or DC. Like, yeah, but the thing people is... People get confused when they see the X-Men not teaming up with the Avengers, but they won't be as confused because they don't know these characters as much. Right, but the thing it's is... still going to be confusing. The thing is, it's not... It's about when you come into a store and you go, hey, those characters belong together. Yeah. That's the problem. Like the X-Men, Spider-Man, and Marvel. Right. <laughs> well, not Spider-Man anymore. I know, because Sony and Marvel have to fight. Mommy and Daddy won't make up. No. I know, it's because Daddy's being a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and Daddy just, wants more money for doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and Mommy's like, hell no. Where's my child support? That's what it is. It is. Sony wants child support. Yes. <laughs> they need to put Tom Holland through more through more movies. <laughs> oh, God. He signed up for four movies. He let it leak the other day. He did. So there's two more Spider-Man movies that are coming out. We know one of them is Sinister Six. Yeah, hopefully. I think they're going to do Spider-Man 3 and then Sinister Six, and it's going to be the villains versus Tom Holland Spider-Man. And we'll that's going to be his fourth movie. We'll I think it's titled Sinister Six. Because we don't know what's I going know. on. I just like speculating about titles for movies. Well, not not that. It's just we don't know now what's going on with this whole goddamn deal. So now somebody's like, we close the doors on it. I think they'll kiss and make up in a year or two. Yeah, we'll see. They'll try to... Do, I feel like they're going to wait to see how Venom does again and see if they can actively do like... Huh, if Venom does well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we know it did well money-wise, but I mean, yeah. critically. Again, you can all day sit, and we've had this talk before, you can sit all day and make animated series, animated oh, yeah, movies, no. and never touch a live-action actor for 10 years. I know, that's what they did with uh, Spider-Verse. It's going to be like a five-year franchise for sure. Yeah, and you just sit there and make money, and just yeah. sit and make money, and milk that franchise, and then never have to use a live-action Spider-Man. That would be stupid, though. I mean... Because live-action Spider-Man draws people. Does it? Draws me. Well, because you're a Spider-Man fan. How would you feel about that Andrew Garfield run? Okay. Come on, man. That, I liked the first one a lot. The first one was not bad. I didn't like the costume, though. I didn't like those freaking goggles he wore. I don't mind But that, I think no. the costume... This might get me some shit because of the Raimi movies. But I think the costume in Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the most accurate Spider-Man costume we've ever had. And here come the downlikes. No, I think... Dude, think about it. Homecoming doesn't look like the, the, the comics. Far From Home does not look like the comic books. So it looks more like Superior, kind of. And the original ones, yes, it looks Spider-Man-esque, but it's like thick line. It's like lined up with like actual like webbing on the front of it, like an like an accent. Yeah. But the Spider-Man I and mean, looking at Amazing Spider-Man one, weird yellow goggles, weird. But Spider-Man two, the Amazing Spider-Man two, that had a fantastic costume. Electro was a weirdo. I didn't say the movie was good. <laughs> you, you missed my whole fucking uh, argument. I, know. I said the costume was great. <laughs> I just like most accurate now. to the books, in my opinion. If you think wrong, if you think otherwise. You're wrong, but tell me about it. <laughs> God. All right, we're going to jump to some Netflix news. For those that were looking forward to Jupiter's Legacy and the whole Millarverse, we are running into a small little problem now. Uh, only with one. With one. Uh, Jupiter's Legacy show running... This is probably the one people wanted the most. Yes, that's the one I wanted the most. <laughs> it's the superhero analog yeah. one. And it's the beginning of the technical universe for Mark Millar. Yes, right? yes, it is. And it's Jupiter's Legacy. And it's... 
The showrunner uh, quits over creative differences. Because he probably wanted to do more comic accurate stuff, and Netflix was like, no. Well, we don't know. So I'm, I know I'm going to be reading some of this right from Newsarama yeah, to read quote most it. Of it verbatim. Uh, Stephen S. DeKnight has exited his role as showrunner for Netflix adaptation of Mark Millar and Frank Quietly's uh, Jupiter Legacy, according to Variety. Um, it they cite they're always getting creative differences, but that's always the, the vaguest term. It's kind of like what they have to say. So it looks like, and this is what Variety reports. Variety reports that splits deeper than that, further reporting that the Knight may be seeking an, an out from overall production deal. Mm, yeah, because he had, uh, I think he had two shows. He had a deal up until 2020. Oh, for a TV show. Yeah. Okay, so he had at least three seasons then. Yeah. Or two seasons, I mean. Uh, it's still in production, so it's four of the eight episodes have been, are it's done. It's still coming out. Yeah. They're just going to switch out showrunners. He's not the writer. He's not the director. He's the showrunner. Yeah. He's kind of like, uh, I want to say, Jeff Loeb for the Netflix shows? Yeah. Jeff Loeb was for the Netflix shows? And for Mark Guggenheim for CW stuff. Yeah. They're just the showrunners. That means they're like the editors from like the books. Like, they over- how CB they they oversee it. They, like, yeah. they okay the ideas. They pitch some ideas. They do that kind of stuff. But they don't write the episodes. They exactly. don't write the shows. They don't you know. So it's exactly. not a total loss. No, it's just but the direct you'll see from episode four plus the direction might be just slightly different. Exactly. That's, and then, like episode four might end with something, and episode five might continue the story, obviously, but have a different ideal exactly. for what the ending's going to be. It's it's. it's I hate when that happens because you, you'll, you'll notice Because you'll see the disconnect. It's literally, it's also four out of eight episodes you said. It's literally halfway down the middle. Mm-hmm. And they're like, up. Oh. You're like, F it all. I'm out. I can't. Sometimes I'm just. Because <laughs> I, I get annoyed with it because of things like. What's your reasoning? And I hate when it's like creative well, differences. I think they're contractually obligated to say that because they have an NDA. Depends on what it is. It's like creative differences are things like, I don't like your direction. You, sh- you, sh- you, sh- you want to take the show. Yeah. Whether it's director or the writers, whatever, or producers or Netflix. Yeah. That's what it is. There's no bigger reason. But the problem is, you can be like, "Yo, I didn't like whether the direction went." There's no, there's no reason to be like, "I have an NDA that says I can't talk about it," unless it's something specific to his terms. Yeah. Well, what's his face? Josh Trank, when he did Fan Four Stick, he was contractually obligated to say. Uh, Creative differences until the movie finally launched. Yeah, that, that and then a, I know that was a whole different thing. Yeah, he trashed a hotel room. He yelled at Marvel. Uh, he yelled at Fox for being like, "They didn't let me do what I wanted to do. I wanted it to be great. Never going to see a great film from Fantastic Four because mine was the best." And I was like, "All right, Josh Trank, maybe chill out a little bit." Yeah, because he was. He definitely he was, overreacted. He was like, but it's, apparently, he was yelling at the chick that was playing Sue on on set and screaming at her all the time. Kate Mara, she's great. Yeah, I'm like, this is it's ridiculous sometimes. I hope Marvel does good with Fantastic Four. No, I mean, we all DC, do. Uh, Disney. We all do. All right, I'm gonna talk about this next one. I want to talk about this one. No, I you call did it all the av- rest. That's tough. How about you, you get on my get my level? I'm doing so this. Disney Plus announced some animated shows. Do you have the list? <laughs> I have the list out. So do I. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go. We'll go back and forth. We'll yeah. So they announced some classic animated TV shows for Disney Plus that'll launch on the same day. Yes. We have X Men '92. We have Spider-Man 94. We have Spider-Woman 79, which I didn't know was real. What is that? Is it's it a Jessica Drew or is Jessica, it a... Uh, I think, no, Julian, I think it's Julia Carpenter. How long did it last? I don't remember. Uh, there's also... Spider-Man 81, which is Spider-Man and Amazing Friends. Well, Spider-Man's Amazing Friends is the spiritual successor to that. Yes. Yeah. That's the one where you have the pointing meme. Yes. Yeah. And then the animated series one... 
from '94 is the one where you get the really good shit. Yep, that's uh, Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man yeah, the animated series. Iron Man '94. Yeah, man. I you, never. I, I remember. Never it's Mullen Iron Man, right? Yeah, the, the one okay, where the opening the of the theme song is he, is it, all it says is I am Iron Man. And he's just hammering, <laughs> like he pours metal into like an iron. And he just hammers, and like the full suit comes out. Yeah, my dad showed me a bunch of these shows. He never showed me the Spider-Woman show, but I know I've seen almost all of X-Men '92 because it reruns. Yeah. Spider-Man 94, I've seen a bunch of. Spider-Man 81, I've seen some of. Amazing Friends, I've seen a couple. I love the Juggernaut one. <laughs> and then Iron Man, I know I've seen a couple of. All right. Next up. Is FF 94. Which is the really bad one. Right? No, that's a good one. What's the bad one? The 60s one? Yeah, maybe. That's, that's what you're, you're, you're talking about, like, the really old stuff. That's like, that wasn't just FF. That was Captain America, Namor, Thor. They were stop mo They were like... Motion comics, pretty much. Okay, then. but I know Fantastic Four had more than one episode. Yeah, they did. It was all of them had more than one episode. Like Captain America, Thor, they okay, all had. So it, but it was all part of the Marvel Are you sure it's era. a good one? Yes. Are you sure? You're lying to me. Let me see the poster. Tell me, tell them what's what's also there. Well, like Incredible the Hulk, Silver Surfer, and Spider Man Unlimited. Yeah, this is the bad Fantastic Four. That's not the bad one. The good one is the one that came out in 2002. No, that's the one you like. That's the anime looking one. That's not because not I like it. It's because it's better than this one. This no, one this one? This campy. I've seen episodes of this one. The Black Panther episode's so dumb. They never did a Black Panther episode. Yeah, they did. No, they, they didn't. did a Black Panther episode. No, they didn't. The they one did. you're thinking of, the one where they didn't really move a lot, is from Marvel Superheroes. They did a Black Panther episode, James. I'll pull it up right now. I'm doing it right now. Okay, you do that while I talk about uh, Silver Surfer. Incredible Hulk, which one was that? Was that the one where Banner wore the, the white shirt a lot when he was Hulk? No, it's just an incredible Hulk TV show. Watch these shows. I don't remember watching all of them. I mean, I'll ask my dad and he'll be like, you've seen them all, and I'll go probably. But, yeah, I don't know if I've seen that many of the Hulks. Silver Surfer, I know I watched two episodes of. That's where they showed that Drax the Destroyer. Oh, cool. And then I know I've seen Spider-Man Unlimited because that's like a kind of successor to Spider-Man 94. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's it where is. he like, goes into the future and wears like a really weird outfit. and only Oh, uh, no, he episodes. goes into, um, he goes into Counter-Earth. Okay, I know he went somewhere weird. He went to space with Counter Earth, and that's where where Carnage looks like he does now. Yeah, he looks like weird and spindly and spiky. Yep. Yeah. But the way like the he's drawn now, it's like literally that version mm -hmm. of him. Come on, I'm pulling up a media. Thank God. There's a Black Panther episode. I just pulled it up. Black Panther just really literally comes in and kicks the shit out of everybody. They have to do a uh, claw is fighting them and he says I got Wakanda technology and they're like what the fuck so they go to Wakanda and Black Panther's right, like so the one, you're talking, the one you're talking about the, the first FF TV show was produced by Hannah Barbera, Barbera and ran for 20 episodes on ABC from 1967 to 1969 that's the really bad one yeah. yes the this second one, isn't one better. the second one ran from 78 to 78 September 78 to 78 that's the one with the Herbie unit is that the new Fantastic Four no that's the one where they couldn't use Human Torch because they thought kids would set themselves on that fire. That was the shitty one. Yes. That was the one I hated because Fantastic Human Torch is my favorite one. Yeah, he was an and they didn't have him. him. Yeah, that's the... Because <laughs> they thought kids would put themselves yes. on fire. <laughs> oh, that's the funniest thing That's the reason. Oh, my kids could going to put themselves on fire. That's why they took them out. That's so stupid. It makes sense. That's so stupid. <laughs> They're like, kids are going to be stupid and imitating. <laughs> Because, like, they, they were like, oh, kids are going to sit and play. And we might as well jump to our topic of the day, yeah, honestly. the topic of the day. We're going to talk about our favorite, our, the best and worst anime movies, uh, anime TV shows, in our opinion. What makes a good anime TV show? What makes a bad anime TV show? As we fight about the Fantastic Four. And we clearly fight about the Fantastic Four. So, yes. 
Yeah, the new Fantastic Four was the one I, I think you were talking about. Yes, that's the one yeah, where they the replaced. One. Yeah, they replaced Johnny with Herbie because yeah. they were like kids will set themselves on fire. Yeah, that's that. Do you know the origin of why? All right, so we're gonna. I'm just gonna do, do my little history rant like I normally do as the opening. Yeah, anime series have been I still around. Like '94 though. That's just me. I still don't like it. I like <sighs> the other one that came out. How you not? Uh, we're, we're, we're argue about this. We're, we're gonna argue about first. Night World's time. greatest heroes. That's the that's the shit right there. I like World's greatest heroes. Anyway, that's the okay, so <laughs> I don't like my kid on fire. <laughs> so going back to what I was saying before about with Hunter, Marvel anime has been around for a while. The, the argument I was trying to make about the crappy animation and how they were originally just motion. They were pretty much just motion comics. Goes back to 1966 with the Marvel superhero show, which. You, it was an anthology rotating segments, and they had different characters they were focused on. Captain America, Namor, Thor. They actually had... That's actually how my fiancé's dad got into Thor. Nice. And that's why now Lee's a Thor fan. And then continued on with that type of stuff with FF in 60s and Spider-Man later on. Spider-Man... And Australian Wolverine. That was probably the X-Men. <laughs> I know. Australian Wolverine and Colossus like rain. That was until way later on. <laughs> know, that was like the eighties. No, the uh, product X-Men was around in the eighties, yeah. Oh. So that's like the really brief opening of it, which, which also with the Marvel Superior show. It ran for yeah, sixty-five like, episodes, yeah. and it was from September first through December first of nineteen sixty-six. How do you do fifty ep- sixty-five episodes in a year? Uh, two once one every day for those months, I think. It has to, man. It was only September to December. That's like only a couple months. If they did like one every day on NBC or ABC, they can make it work. I mean, they can. I mean, a lot of TV shows do like 52 episode seasons. Like uh, Steven Universe, season one is like 55 episodes and it's, it was in like the year and a half. But that's because they were 15 minutes each and they would do two at a time every that's week. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, when you, yeah. Do, yeah, when you do it like so if that. So you do 24 weeks, two episodes each, it gets up to it pretty quick. That's true. The next big Marvel show after that was Fantastic Four, which ran from 1967 to 1968. Uh, yeah, my boy Spider-Man. <laughs> then after that... <laughs> they ran at the same time, though. 67 to 7. Yep, which was Spider-Man. And they were all aired on ABC, which was... Well, the first three were aired on ABC, yes. because that's when they were all goody-goody with them. And I think the Spider-Man and Fantastic Four had a crossover. No, it was the same production company. Yeah, yeah. That's why. And it, they worked together It was because they all worked together at the yeah. time. Then after that was the new Fantastic Four, which, which was let yourself uh, kids don't let yourselves on fire. Yep, that was the- <laughs> <laughs> that's just so good. Because that's universe, that was produced by Universal Studios, which is also NBC. They're like, wait, my kid might light himself on fire. You know where that comes from? No. So back in the day, it's the same reason why we had the stupid warning on capes that this this toy will not make you fly. Because back in the day, kids would take capes and think they would fly and jump out windows. That's kind of what the Superman up in the sky did in issue one or two, where the kid was like, I can be like Superman, and jumped off his roof and hurt himself. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what It's the same mentality. They were like, they thought kids would just be taken to the furthest extreme going, I will light myself on fire to get powers. I will become the human torch! (laughs) Oh, no! Me me my friends, (laughs) she's the invisible girl. I'm, I'm the thing. And it was fantastic. And I'm a human torch. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I guess that whole, you know, lighting yourself self on fire I mean, challenge to be the came thing, back. To be the thing, you just got to tape rocks Some kid body. was sitting there for hours doing rocks to himself. <laughs> I'm going to jump in the ocean with rocks on me. To be a kid in the 70s, guys. Lighting yourself on fire. All right. The next one was Fred and Bonnie Meet the Thing, That's... which was two segments. Oh, so it was technically It was show. two shows. But no, it was two shows back to back. It ran... It was... 60, uh, it was 
New uh, New Fred, the new Fred and Barney show, and then Fantastic, and then the Thing. Do you know what the Thing show was? It's not on here. No, so I'm gonna tell you what the, the Thing show. Cause I'm gonna explain what the Thing show was. Also, don't call it the Thing. It's called the Thing. It was about a teenage boy who had a magic ring. When he clanged them together, he said, "Thing ring, do your thing," and he would transform to the Thing. <laughs> I think I remember that. Yeah, I remember someone. I remember either my dad or someone saying, "Thing ring, do your thing." Yep. And that's how you transform. I remember watching it as a kid. It makes me sound old. It's not I'm, even on here, though. I know, because it's awful. It's probably only like it probably only had one or two episodes, and then it was like, no. Uh, no, it's because... Uh, I'm going to explain it real quick, because it's awful. It's just so bad. There are 26 11-minute episodes. Ignore me freaking out when my fiance is calling me. <laughs> She's like, what are you doing? A very loose adaptation of the thing. Yeah, loose is the worst. Loose in the most loose of terms. Yo, Benji Grimm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. Shaking off the ringtone. <laughs> so I don't vibrate through the episode. So, yeah, it was a loose adaptation is a really weird phrase for that because they just took the name Ben Grimm, turned him to a Brooklyn. They kept him that his name was Ben and he's from Brooklyn. Yeah. And Everything else mad. was like, thing ring, do your thing. I remember watching I didn't him. even have like two Fantastic Four shows right before this. And then go, just kidding, he's nine. Yeah. <laughs> and we see the origin of him going up into space and going, I'm rocks now. <laughs> yeah. Like we see that. <laughs> Not, you see the, oh, I could become the thing. Did you see the meme going around in the, some of the combo groups the other day? No. So it was, uh, it was from uh, FF issue one when they were naming themselves. They put their hands in the center. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you said that to me. <coughs> yeah. It was like, uh, I think Sue calls him the thing. She's like, "You're weird. You're the thing." He's like, "Yeah, I'm the thing." So they put their they they put their hands in. And he goes, "I guess I won't call myself with Sue. I'm not Ben Grimm anymore. I'm gonna call myself what Sue calls me, the thing." And then immediately the line afterwards, "And I'm Mr. Fantastic." Yeah. So <laughs> someone put in the meme, "Wow, read not knowing how to read the room." Yeah. I'm Mr. Best Guy. Yeah. It's like, you're a disgusting monster, and I'm the best. <laughs> Stay away from my and wife. And also, I loved the thing, uh, the, the line was like, and this is what uh, this is what Sue calls me, the thing. thing. It's kind of like, it's what it calls dick. Yeah. It's what Sue calls my dick, the thing. Uh, it was just so bad. It was weird. It's weird, like, going back and reading. I, Thanks, I, I, Jack Kirby. Thanks, I, Jack Kirby. Stan Lee wrote that book. <laughs> Jack Kirby is the artist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll skip to before getting the weird answer. The next uh, anime series Spider Woman. was Spider Woman, which I never knew. That yeah, one I didn't know. I that know one. this one. I think I might have known. This. I'm pretty sure it was. I remember the logo, but I don't remember any. Episodes. I'm gonna call, before I double check myself. I'm definitely calling it was Jessica Drew. Yes, it was. Oh, I'm so great at this. Well, before you said it was someone else. Shut up. <laughs> I thought it was Julian Carpenter, but it was definitely uh, yeah. Yeah, because it was like the spider serum story. It was like her being a spy. Spider-Man shows up in one of the episodes. Yeah. And like, the like the big difference was, um... It's like... Uh, it was a whole, like, occult alien thing. It's weird. And then we had Spider-Man 81 to 82. Oh, yeah. And that was... Do you want to give the breakdown for it, Hunter? Was that you... the good one? No, no, that was the, that was the, the memes. Spider-Man... Spider yeah, so that leads into Spider-Man. Whatever, a Spider yes, and that leads to Spider-Man the anime series. Yeah. Yes, it was basically just. This is actually really close to the comic books. I think it was just him being a photographer, running around fighting yeah. classic villains. But was this the one where he didn't punch people, or was that ninety-four? 
Uh, yeah, that was 94. 94. I'm going okay. Yeah. This one he punches people. Yes. In 94, we'll talk about that later. And then after that was Spider-Man Remains Friends where you had... Which was the spiritual six sequel to this one, which yep. is Iceman and Firestar, and they team up with like the X-Men and other characters pop yep. up. And it was just them living in an apartment with their Manhattan dog. Manhattan with... No, yeah. it wasn't their dog. That was their neighbor's dog. No, that was their neighbor's dog. Oh, okay. That like the bitchy old old lady. That oh, he, always, the dog just showed up? Yeah, that was, that was her dog. I love when they hit the button and like the floors and shit would change to a secret you know lab. That, that's, they got that from <laughs> Captain America because in Captain America comic at the time, he had a secret base. <laughs> And he would like he had the like an international hotline. Oh, like the fucking Powerpuff Girls red phone. Yeah, and he would like <laughs> hit a button and like it would come out the walls. It was weird. After that was the Incredible Hulk, which again same premise. This how this around the eighties you saw seeing shows get closer to what they closer to comic book adaptations. Like they were doing things the comics were doing. Yeah. And this is now we're about to enter the, what I think is the golden the best age. The show. Oh, Ever. This is the best show. Yes. Of the anime First series of all, I'm calling it looks now. way better than literally all of them. Fantastic Four comes out after this. Spoiler. And it's much, much, much worse quality than this show. X-Men 92. Yes. How do you get... Dude, theme song, fantastic. Character cast, fantastic. Morph! Fantastic. How do you... You can't go wrong. Wolverine touching the photo. All the memes. <laughs> oh, I love this show. Because this, this is one of the ones I rewatch. I'm honestly, re-watch if you go year. back and look at Spider-Man, The Incredible Hulk... Uh, TV shows and the and the original Marvel superheroes show mm-hmm. for that first ad, they were almost direct direct adaptations of comics. Yeah, and this is where they they did those direct adaptations, but they added their own flair to it. Every episode mattered. It wasn't episodic. Yeah, this was story. This was long. Form. Yes, this one had the was it six issues of six episodes of Phoenix. Yeah, Dark Phoenix, it was Dark Phoenix Saga was a. Saga. It's yeah, one volume it was, on VHS. Yeah, it was six issues. Six episodes. Then after that, I'm going to run through the, some of these. Yeah. Uh, FF, and then Iron Man came out at the same time. And then, of course, Spider-Man. The next Spider-Man. My second favorite. Yes. And maybe my first favorite. i got to rewatch them. When this comes out on Disney+, Plus, I'm going to rewatch them. I'll tell you later. Incredible Hulk <laughs> and Silver Surfer. All okay, these... whoa, 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 whoa. There was two Hulks? Yeah, the Incredible Hulk show that came after with 96. This is the one I watched. The really old one from 92. That's not 92. That 94? Was, was no, one? that one's from 82 to 83. 82. This is the one I watched. I remember this one vaguely <coughs> because it was really weird and I yeah. didn't understand it. The, I missed the other one. Okay. The other one was dope. Uh, Silver Surfer and then Spider-Man Unlimited, which, by the way, which was produced by Saban. That was making Power Rangers at the time. Oh, nice. And then Avengers. Wait, wait, stand. wait. Before I get to Avengers, the other series, which going from X-Men, FF, Iron Man, Spider-Man... Incredible Hulk, Silver Surfer, and Spider-Man Unlimited were all canon to each other. Oh, that's cool. That was the first MCU, like, universe that well, was they were all made by Marvel Entertainment. Yes. And a lot of them were made by Saban. Yes. And they all were canon to each other. Oh, yeah, all the Saban They did Secret Wars. They did Secret Wars. Oh, did they? Yes, that was in oh, Spider-Man. Oh, that's awesome. I, I, I was too young to remember all the episodes. The only one I remember a lot of is X Men. So this is we're gonna go because of going now forward, which we we're about to hit some dark areas. <laughs> oh no, X Men Evolution was great. Wait, we're gonna start with Avengers <laughs> United. They stand. I don't remember this one. At they're all. Power Rangers. They oh, have a yeah, morphing sequence. Kids that, yeah, 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 yeah. Not, no, no, they're not kids. I that's, thought there were kids that turned into the. No. Oh no, that's the that's, that's the, the discourse you're thinking. You're thinking like the anime stuff. No, no, there's one where they have like power chips and they put them in a wrist. That's and they the turn anime. Into yeah, okay, that was, what, 2000-something? Yeah. That's not, is it? I'm in 1999 still. Yeah. So, Avengers oh. United, they stand. This is the West Coast one. Yeah, it's Ironworks, it's it's it's, it's Force yeah. Works and, and West Coast Avengers. This one's not good. And they would transform, they would, Avengers Assemble, 
and they would they have a, a morphing sequence where their suits would come on them. Yeah, this is the weird one. I love the Hawkeye outfit, though. I remember having the toy of that. Ah, uh, it was so bad. Okay, yeah, this one. Then the next one. is X Men Evolution, which is the great show. Which is you know that was, that was based out here. Like Bayville is Oyster Bay. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, where the show is. I love it. I love Spike. I wish yep, he was in Spike more there. books. It was a more teenage. And again, I'm going on rough elements. There was a lot of teen drama. I'm going on rough elements of each show, so I don't spoil a lot. Cause a lot of them are, will be coming to Disney Plus, hopefully. Um, or you can just watch them on Netflix. Some of them. X Men Evolution was a uh, a different take on the X Men, where they Dude, Captain America teamed up on something. Yeah, they too. de-aged a lot. That's also where they introduced. They de-aged everyone but Wolverine. But Wolverine, Storm, Beast. Yeah, because Beast was like our teacher. Yeah, he was a gym teacher from so school was already. Wolverine. Beast. Uh, hold on. Beast was a mutant. Beast wasn't. Part of the team that he joined later on, he was teaching at the school. Storm mm-hmm. and Wolverine were actually already teaching at the school because they were older members. Yeah. Along with Xavier. And I think Gambit? No, he was one of the kids. Okay. He joined later on, he was one of the horsemen. He was one of the acolytes. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, this is where we first got introduced to X23. Oh, really? I don't remember that. Yep. Next is Spider Man, uh, the new animated adventures. Which, which was, one was on, that one? That was on MTV. That was the CGI one. Oh, yeah, one. that was the really weird And now spinning out of. It was supposed to be a. It success- was from the movies. Yes. You can tell because it looks very similar. Then after that was Fantastic Four World's Greatest yeah. Heroes. That was the anime-looking yeah. one for uh, Moonscope so produced that, which is a Canadian, uh, French-Canadian yeah, anime Network. Company. Yep, and they for Cartoon Network. After that was Spectacular Spider-Man. Spectacular, Spectacular Spider-Man. This I love that show. This was so good. And it was on CW. This one was like, or, so short-lived. It, it was, was on CW. So CW, quote-unquote, which was WB at the time. Yeah. And then it went to Disney Plus, uh, Disney XD after that. Dude... Then after that was Wolverine the X Men. Dude, Cyclops' outfit where he just wore the great coat. Yep. And he was edgy. Yep. And he wasn't the main character. Nope. Fantastic. But it proved that Wolverine can't lead a team because every time he leads a team, they all die. They all got in shit. But that time. was the closest show we've ever gotten to AOA. The second oh, yeah. season was supposed to be all about AOA. Mm. Spoilers for everyone that didn't see the show. The final episode, I binge watched that. So I had to go. It only lasted 23 episodes. Yeah, I binge watched the entire series on Thanksgiving because. I had to work Black Friday the next morning. I refused to go to bed, so I just stayed up and binge watched the entire series. Yeah, twenty six episodes. So, um, the the series finale is they fix the world, but then in the future where Xavier's stuck, he goes, "I think you guys did something wrong," and then it's AOA because you see Sinister mm-hmm. and AOA uh, Cyclops walk out with Apocalypse. And I'm like, oh, AOA, and then they can't, <laughs> they didn't pick it up. Then you had Iron Man Armored Adventures, which similar to X Men Evolution. Dude, that was so. Fun. I did like it. They they de age. I like the theme song a lot. I so do I. They de age. I don't remember that one as much as uh. My brother still sings it. If I bring it up, he'll sing the whole song. Oh god! I think, I think he has it on his phone. I do too, actually. <laughs> Iron Man Iron Adventures, which they de age the characters to be younger and hip. Yeah. And um. Dude, those stories were very were adult though. They were. Because it was it was Tony as a teenager leading his father's company after his father died. God, yep. And then the Mandarin was like in a. The adult. Mandarin, there was an adult, and then, like, the Mandarin's son was, like, his friend. Right. Or, like, the Mandarin's, like, cousin or, or this, yeah, it was a nephew or yeah. something. Yeah, which is great. And then we get the best show ever. <laughs> Better it. than X-Men 92. Best Say ever. It. Say it, Superhero Squad Show. <laughs> which? Ah, uh, this is only okay. It was a very kid-heavy show. Yeah. And we have some toys here well, at the store now. Which also that introduced us to Reptile, who showed up in Avengers Academy. It's Reptile, Captain America. Yeah, and then <laughs> after that 
We, you had it, which... Dude, we had Super Australian Pyro. We had Modoc and Abomination as, like, the best comedy duo. <laughs> Silver Surfer was a hippie dude. Yeah. Dude, I love I did, Captain like, America's West of Tom Kenny. He was like, Captain America. I did, like, Silver Surfer, Surfer Awkward as Dark Surfer. Oh, yeah, that was cool. That was really I'm cool. so moody and edgy. Oh. But on the counterpoint <laughs> to that, at the same time, you had Earth's Minus Heroes. That was a really good... Wait, really great. That, that show was great. Is this the one that continued on for years and years and years? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. This is the one where it was like, they had the stories where they introduced like Ant-Man and stuff. Yeah. Or Hank Pym and Janet. There's a whole... Yeah, well, okay. no, she was a founding member. They yeah, actually yeah. made an actual founding member. They actually took the comic books for that. Yeah. So on one side, you had Superhero Squad show, which was for younger kids, and you had their, mm-hmm. uh, Avengers Earth Mighty Series for older uh, comic fans and adults, and also, also on different networks. And after this, you have, uh, this technically wasn't really a show. It was it, like a visual a motion novel. comic. No, yeah, motion, motion comic. comic. Yeah, this aired, and this this actually was spurred them to do the movie. Yeah, well, you see, Marvel Knights. They wanted to do more than one, and they, they did. just didn't. Yeah, and this also this is what made them do the movie. Then after this, you anime. had you had the anime run of uh, shows. Hey man, which were these were all movies. X Men was great. They weren't movies. They were shows. Oh yeah, they were shows. Iron Man the only lasted one. Wolverine, X Men, and Blade. Wolverine and X-Men did not tie together. No, they didn't. Wolverine and Blade tied together. Yeah, yes. There was a crossover. Iron Man was okay, I remember. Yep. Wolverine was pretty cool. It focused a lot on the Sam- uh, Silver Samurai stuff. Yep. Because it was an anime. The X-Men show was just awesome, period. Oh, I love it. That's where, like, the that's Legion... What Armor became a, that's what Armor became one of my favorite X-Men characters. Ah, uh, and Ember... Ah, uh, Emma. <laughs> yeah, we know Emma. Not like that. Uh-huh. Not perverted, uh-huh. like, anime style It was style definitely anime. perverted anime style. I mean, she was. She but... was, oof, too much. And then Blade was... I didn't watch Blade. Oh, uh, Blade was, was dope. okay. Dope. Blade was great. No, okay. I watched the first episode of each one and picked to watch Wolverine and X-Men. <laughs> then after that, we had Spy- Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man. Which was... That one lasted for Five a long years. time. That was Drake Bell as Spider-Man. Yep. Which was fun. That one even crossed over. Into the Avengers. So that was Web and Warriors the, uh, and versus Sinister Six. And that's where yeah. you, you, they showed the build up of, the, of Spider-Man's team. Yeah. After that, you have... It was have, the new Avengers arc. Yes. Kinda, yeah. With Iron Fist as another hippie dude. Yes. Voiced by uh, uh, Greg Sipes. Then you have Avengers Assemble. Which was another good one. And then you have... Hulk Agents of Smash. <laughs> all these shows were supposed to tie in together. During the, the well, XD they all did. Run. Yes, they did. Yeah. Tied in. And then, oh, yeah. Disc Wars. That's, a, that's the one I was talking yes. about. That's the one where they made a lot. Of, this is mostly for toys and card games. Yes. I remember Disc Wars. <laughs> Disc Wars. And then after that, you have Most Guardians of the Galaxy, which ties back into the other ones. That's pretty good. I like this one. And then now. Whoa, what is this one? Future Avengers. Yes. Never heard of this one. It's only in Japan right now. Oh, okay. Which is actually really awesome. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man, which, uh, which goes back to the other ones. And then Big Hero 6. Which is its own universe and its own thing, and it ties it's a sequel to the movie. Future Avengers, by the way, is an anime that's like the next generation of Avengers. Yeah, I saw that. Which is actually really freaking cool. And then we have Marvel Spider Man, which is the new one. Yep. Hero Six, yeah. And then in development, all the ones we've been talking about. Yeah, which we already know. Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, What If, Spidey and His Amazing Friends. What? It's a kid's show. It's on Disney Junior. Oh, oh yeah, I remember. It's yep. the one where they're like tiny, yep. like toy-sized characters. They look, they look like the Mystery Mates. Yeah. Um, hey, Monkey, the, Howard, yes. Modoc, Modoc and Tiger. Tiger. And I didn't even Tiger. have to shoehorn Howard the Duck in. He's already in. We get to talk about him. <laughs> no, we already talked about it before. I am excited, though. So, we're going to talk about, now that we've listed all the anime shows... <laughs> We got to talk. All right, so what's your favorite anime show? Probably X Men. 
Okay. X-Men 94, Spider-Man 94, and X-Men Evolution were okay. the best. So I we're did t- like I, the Avengers stuff. We're just going to talk about this. We're going to talk about this because cause it's also my favorite. And the theme song was insane. So, all right. Well, the theme let's, songs were awesome. Let's not talk about our favorite then. It, we both agree on our favorite. favorite. Let's talk I don't about. I really remember Lee's favorite. What's your. What, out of that entire list we just ran through, what do you think was the worst one out of all of them? Out of all of them? Yeah. In your opinion. Probably the original 1966 stuff because it's just how bad it looks. But if you want story stuff, the the one where the kids wouldn't light themselves on fire. Oh, the FF. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic that Four. was one of the worst ones because you didn't have Johnny. And we know Sue had a brother because... No, I think Johnny did appear, but he wasn't the Human Torch. Right. I think he was just like the house guy. He just kind of hung out. Yeah, because he didn't have powers. He lost his powers, quote unquote. That's yeah. why they would go on with Herbie. Yeah. But it, it just... It didn't make sense. It doesn't. Uh, I also didn't really like Spider-Man Unlimited. Okay. Well, why? Because it, it was a it was a sequel to one of the better Spider-Man shows, and it didn't work, and the costume was ugly. <laughs> it was. You know, I also like, didn't like the CG Spider-Man Raimi stuff, and I didn't like the. I don't like the new Spider-Man show. I love honest. new Spider-Man stuff. I just don't like because I was so used to the Drake Bell. Spider-Man? Yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man? Yeah. And it was just so cool and everything they built up just to throw it away and make like so the one episode I watched, I think it was the third one. Right. It was Spider-Man, we know he's a teenager going, he's going to the Brooklyn school. Right. We see Miles there. He's the same age, if not older than Peter. A little weird to me, but whatever. I don't know if they gave him Spider-Man outfit yet. I haven't watched past episode like two or three. Jesus. But then they made Shocker and Sandman two children that were alongside them. Yeah. They made their own weapons or something. Yeah. I thought that, no, not, uh, not Sandman, uh, Electro, I think. Electro and Shocker. Electro and Shocker, which I thought was really weird. They played kind of like Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's kind of lame. All I didn't right. like how they kiddified everybody. Okay. So. And adultified fucking Miles. Not adultified, he's the same age. I know, but it just. They just made everyone else younger. So, I guess what we'll talk about is what makes a bad anime show a bad anime show. Oh, my, least favorite, my least favorites are on this list. Honestly, I really don't have many. My only one... You, uh, get to grow, you, get to, you got to grow up with them. You've seen right, I grew up a lot of this stuff. stuff. So that's why I'm so like... if anything, you don't like the newer stuff. Just the only one I didn't like, the only one I really didn't like out of all of them Hulk. was Silver Surfer. A whole Gage of Smash, I was going to say. That one's kind of weird. I didn't like... No, there's only one reason. And then it, I... I Silver, Surfer, like Silver Surfer? Silver Surfer 98 series. The uh, Incredible Hulk Age of Smash I didn't like. And I'll tell you why. And that re- Oh, I mean, the oldest stuff is just the oldest stuff for yeah. nostalgia's sake. But really, the reason why I didn't like the Silver Surfer one and I didn't like the Agent Smash one is because characters, like, or like certain origins, like Drax, for example, in Silver Surfer, yeah. is completely different than the comic. Which is one they had in the uh, show? Well, that, they he's couldn't just, kill he's, his family. They could have. They, not, again, the same way why I have a problem with Drax's origin in the movie. You don't have to make it, you don't have to show it. You don't have to show they it. They show it in the movies. No, I know that. Yeah, they but they him made him. The he's a human. He's a human being. Drax is human. Yeah, I know. He's Doug. He's Arthur Douglas. Arthur Douglas. Yeah. That's why Heather Douglas Moon Dragon is his daughter. Yeah, but in the new movies, it doesn't work like that. Which is dumb. He has his own. It, they made it. Work. Thanos came to Earth, killed his family. I mean, if you read Infinity, then War, Thanos' you see father that. takes both of them, and they go back to Titan. Yeah, but he he uh, he can't salvage the wife because the wife is too fucked up. Right. I think, yeah, she's too crash. far gone. Because it was a and, car accident. Right, and Drax, they were able to build, rebuild Drax as a destroyer, 
and then he has he goes through life cycles. So when he dies, he gets reborn, and he can't be killed the same way he was killed before. Which a la is Doomsday. Cool, yeah. yeah, same way Doomsday. So, in the show, they just make him space alien. Same reason it's in the movie, they make him space alien. I'm like, don't you? Why? They give him similar backstory. Thanos comes to his planet to destroy. In the, the show, planet. they didn't do that. In the in the anime 1998 series, they didn't. Oh, I thought you were talking about no, the no, new not, one. no, no, I'm talking the about the new one in the movies. No, I'm talking about okay. Silver Surfer. But they do that in the uh, show. They just made him space alien. A weird like. Oh, it was like he's a dude. Yeah, he's meditative space alien. Same suit, his original oh, suit. Oh, the purple cape. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, that and the same reason why they like Age of Smash. Like they were alluding to Scar, Banner's son, the entire time. Like he's spoiler for this, those who haven't seen it. He's like betrays him to the leader in the beginning of the series. Yeah, Scar's on the team. Yeah, he's on the team, but he's Red really right, and he's working for the leader. And then they brought the Red Hulk. I'm with that in a second, too. And then Louis to, like, Scar wanted to find his family. But we know it's complicated that his father's Banner. Yeah. And they're like, no, he's just a random space alien. <laughs> same thing with Red Hulk. They never bring up the fact that he's... I think they do bring up the fact that he's Ross. Though they call him that by his name, but not the fact that then how he got his powers. Yeah. Or anything like that. The other ones, they explained, like, how Rick Jones became an abomination. How yeah, Jessica became... Um, yeah, sorry, Avon. How uh, Jennifer became She-Hulk. They don't explain wh- why Thaddeus is Red Hulk. And they don't explain why Scar is Scar. Yeah. Well, they also didn't have that much time. They only got two seasons every other... Yeah, but they could have done... That, that's literally a season one story. That's a season one story. It's anywhere. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm your father. Eh, whatever. Um, that's... It's... We skipped over the controversy for Spider-Man. Which one? The one where he only kicked people or webbed them. Uh, we're going to get to that. Yeah, okay. All right. I, I skipped that on purpose. So what makes the show bad? From what I've gathered from what you just said, what makes the animated show bad is when they don't use the material that they're given. Right. I don't mind like, when like you... For X-Men Evolution, they kind of took it based off the... Ultimate uh, stuff? Ultimate, but mixed they with... They de people, but they still took storylines. Yeah. They did a Phoenix story. But, they did all that stuff. Yeah, but it seems like you, the shows you didn't like were the ones that took the least amount from the storylines. Right. Lines, yeah. And that's what it is. You can make a good anime. You can do your own thing. Like, you, you, again, Spider-Man, the anime series, introduced the Spider-Verse. For the, the the first ever Spider-Verse team-up was in Spider-Man, the anime series. You know, but that series also gave us Secret Wars. Yeah. It was it was not a direct adaptation, but it was as close as they possibly yeah, could have. you can take your own spin on it. Right. But make it still comics accurate right. for the people who are reading it. Right. And that's the thing. You... Uh, X-Men 92 was such a good companion. Right, because X-Men 92... Their suits and everything looked like the the book that they were coming out the shelf. They all yeah. wore the Jim Lee suits. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, Morph was an add-on. Morph. You know, and and stuff like that. And they weren't in Australia because at the time of the book, they were. It's the Australian. Yeah, they didn't have to be located in Australia. Right. They, it was the Australian team slash ninety two team. Yeah. Combined, like Jubilee's introduction, she wasn't captured by that. Mm-hmm. You know. And she rescued. never became a vampire in Well, that's, the show. that's a years and years down the line. Time thing. <laughs> that's a weird story. But now. anyway, back now, that's the thing. They um, That show is a cool adaptation to the X-Men mythos. Why Spider-Man? That's why like the, the Fox era of the stuff rings so true to me as a comic book fan and as, as a fan is that to make a good animated show, you adapt, you adapt your stuff. Yes, it fits your, whether it's your schedule, your budget, your voice acting stuff. You fit all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It make you take some stuff, you change some stuff, but it's still you can well. You know what? That's their version of the Clone Saga. This is their version of Maximum Carnage. This is their version of Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the show great. You know, X Men Evolution. You can see that you can see Dark Phoenix Saga. You know, X Men Ninety Two, 
Dark Phoenix Saga. You know. Yeah. But then you have things, the things you don't change. When you change character, why are you change character origin? You have the and it and it doesn't add anything to the story. Yeah, that's my problem with adaptations for anime series. Is that you don't have to like you're not going out trying to find an actor that looks like that person. You're not going out of your way to find someone that fits and portrays yeah. it all. It's hey, voice Tom acting. Kenny voiced voiced uh, Captain America in Superhero Squad Spot. show. Roger Craig Smith has voiced Wolverine and Captain America for years. Adrian Pascal, I think his last name is, he voiced Iron Man for years and years and years. Right. Drake Bell looks nothing like Peter Parker. Right. He voice acting, right. And that's my thing about why I, I get so mad at anime series when they butcher things like origins of a character. Yeah. Because you, you have, don't have to. You have to. the material, you can take it. Yeah. There's no... Because the difference Unless is... Unless they didn't get permission. But, then but they, they had permission back then. Yeah. You know, and even now, that's why I, that's why I love the new Spider-Man stuff. Cause they're adapting, adapting stories. They're doing Maximum Venom. Yeah, it may not be Maximum Carnage, but it's it's still the same, same thing. Yeah, and Donny Cates is writing something. We yeah, talked about that in episode like, I think five. Yeah, that's the thing. They're doing things that are based on storylines. Even yeah. they they're doing Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, right I now. About that. Yeah, they're doing Superior Spider-Man, which I think is weird. But I haven't watched the show yet. Fully, Doc I know, Octopus like, dies and puts his mind in Peter's body. Yeah, but like Peter's like seven, not even seven. But so is Doc Ock the same age? The Doc same Ock age. Dies as a child. Yeah, he dies in an explosion that Peter causes. Yeah, I gotta watch that show. Yeah, it's actually more adult than you think. I, I didn't think it was an adult. I just yeah, no. It was like Peter, I don't like it when they de-age Peter too much. Well, no, he's you know what like, it's, he, it's, he, it's, he's okay to be in school for thirty years, <laughs> but it's weird to see like now in the books he's like thirty two, right? Usually always, or twenty five, twenty eight, always. He's always a young. He's always like he's the youngest Marvel character besides the kids that they introduce. Right. He'll, he he doesn't age past thirty. Right. Because who wants to watch like what they talked about in Spider Verse? Who wants to watch a thirty year old Spider Man do his taxes? You right. Know what I mean, you don't want to watch him own a house. Right. They did that in Renew Your and that, Well, that's, the whole, that's why that show works so well. It's that yeah. young forever teenage Peter Parker. But with constant change, I don't like when they get too young. But he's not. He's not like thirteen. He's like sixteen years old. Yeah, but I like him when he's like in college because then it gives him more adult things to cover. They did you see the? And we'll get back to this in a second. But the spectacular Spider-Man, what they were going to do for next season, each season was uh, each season spectacular Spider-Man was a year in high school, and would have ended with the death of Gwen Stacy into college. They were they all into college, and then the the series would have ended with death of Gwen Stacy. I remember the. the Spider-Man show having a lot of controversy, spectacular having a lot of not controversy, but having a lot of like people talk about it, like buzz. Like, this is one of the best Spider-Man shows ever. I think High Top Films on YouTube and Nando even they do like what Spider-Man series was the best, yeah. like why this one's great. I think Captain Midnight does it too. The High Top Films talks about how spectacular Spider-Man was like one of his favorite animated shows of all time, and what, the potential they had to do, and they messed it up because uh, I think they canceled it from NBC or CW. And then switched to and then Disney, Disney, and then Disney didn't do it. Justice. Yeah, because they were doing. Because uh, they made it too kiddie. No, they no, they didn't change the story. They canceled it because they wanted to do their own Spider-Man stuff. Because this movie, they had just because yeah, they got the rights. They had, well. they not got the rights. They wanted a new one that was going to be under their connective. And that was the one with anime. Bell? Yes. Okay. That's gotcha, gotcha. the so connected all the dots. Yeah, so they can do their own connective animated universe. Okay. A la old school Fox Kids stuff. Yeah. You know. So that's the problem when you make a bad anime series. In my opinion, what makes a bad anime series is when you don't stick to the source material and you don't use the adaptation because there's no need for you to change it unless it has to fit your story. Yeah, and you don't have to when you're doing stuff animated. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of makes a bad anime series. Let's in talk my about opinion. the Spider-Man controversy now. You okay. keep pulling, it off. you keep pushing it off. 
What I think why is, do you th- why do you really want to talk about this? Because I never noticed it, and I feel like an idiot when I learned about it. Okay, so it's not. It doesn't make a. a this doesn't make a, a anime series a good or a bad thing. No, no, this but is just something controversial. This the reason is fun. It's not a controversy. It's a, it was a regiment because you have to remember when this show it was, was airing. Prime time Saturday night, uh, Saturday no. morning television. It was right? Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. It's uh, also. It went from being Saturday morning cartoons to be during the week. Yeah, yeah. So remember, this is the same time that they were airing X Men the Animated Series, yeah. Spider Man the Animated Series, Power Rangers, Power Rangers was coming out. They were all in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. The problem was this: Fox Kids Entertainment didn't want high violence on tele, imitatable violence on television. Yeah, that's because that was a big fear back for for parents in the nineties. It was imitatable violence. Yeah. That's the rise. That was during the rise of yeah, that's why games. Spider-Man would climb walls and jump kick or shoot webs. Right. He would never full-on punch somebody right. in the face. I think he's punched... I think he had one punch in the whole show. Yes. I think it was like the first episode, and they were like, can't do that. Right. Because they wanted it to not be imitatable. Yeah. Because the problem is, going back to Fantastic Four, kids lighting themselves on fire. Well, yeah, because I remember back in the day, you'd be at, the, you'd be at recess... I'm gonna be Spider-Man, or I'm gonna be the bad guy. I'm gonna be. Green and you Goblin. punch, yeah. You just punch your friend in the face. Yeah, like boom. They were like, we like, don't want imitating yeah, violence. And that was take the kicks, and it, right? And it wasn't even just Spider-Man. All of his villains, all, they only shot stuff at him. Yeah, it all and shows. Ran into him like all shows did it back then. Uh, all, X-Men didn't. X-Men kind of had their own thing going. Because you didn't have, you could. They all had long range powers. Was, Wolverine was the only one who had to like physically stab people. And they were all, and they, and but when, he would just sew a slash, and then it would go ah. Oh, and you wouldn't like, even, and, and even the people he would slash, he would never actually. If you actually rewatch X-Men Animated, he would never slash a human being. He would he robots. He would destroy right, robots. robots. But you would never. He would slash somebody, but they usually be like he'd slash Juggernaut. He'd slash Magneto. Yeah, because they were no. They have armor. Yeah, because then you would see like the clothes tear. Yeah. And they would stand so, like, like oh. Yeah, like like Wolverine, we was my never, abs. Wolverine was never in a fight where he had to like stab more. Like, like and when he did stab people, they you would see it and they like you see them heal around him. Yeah, or they would go through him mm-hmm. or like um when they were fighting the thing it reminds me of was the fight against the nasty uh was it nasty boys or was it when they were fighting the marauders? The nasty boys. The nasty boys or they were fighting the morlocks. I said morlocks. And then one of the guys he stabbed, he was a giant like ink guy, and it was yeah. just like go goo over him like mm-hmm. oh that's where you show him. or he would yeah. stab like the energy monster mm-hmm. you know or gladiator and it wouldn't work on him yeah. you would never see him actually physically stab anyone mm-hmm. so it was it was a, a so mandate spider-man was supposed to just like run around and punch people because in the comics he doesn't do a lot of kicking he does mostly punching stuff yeah because he's not an acrobat he's like more of a wrestler yeah because well, he's, he's an acrobat i mean his powers make him his powers he's super strong right he's, he's not super kicky right well that's strength <laughs> He's yeah. not. He's not acrobatic. Technically, he, he's not professionally acrobatically trained. Yeah. He's not like Dick Grayson, who's acrobatically trained. Yeah, no. You know, so he doesn't know how to do jump fly kicks all the time. He's not martial. He's not trained martial artist until late yeah, years until later, later. You know, so yeah, of course, in the early days, he's gonna be a grappler, and he's a, he's a street fighter he that has powers. And he wins, he's a street fighter right? that has powers. You know, so that's the thing. But yes, it was it was just a mandate because they didn't want imitatable violence. Yeah, which I think is just it's funny to see like Spider Man doesn't punch people; he just kicks in webs. Because like I said, I never noticed that when I was a kid. When I rewatch it now, I'm gonna actually see if he actually punches one person. Nope. I feel like he has to do it in one episode. You you think so? I would think. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Any closing arguments on animated shows? Wait, so. We did our. Well, I think they're all going to be on November twenty, November twelfth. Yes. Well, they, I think they launched. It, we I did. Think. All right. So we did our 
are well, they are worse. And what makes a I mean, bad anime favorite show? Our favorite is X Men. Why? What I makes like Spider Man? Right. Like, so did I. Yeah. Anything from that sweet golden age. The nineties, the nineties to the two thousands was really good. yeah. And again, like two thousand like five. What makes a good anime show? And I guess I guess we circled what makes a good anime show and bad anime show all together. Yeah. Is that. Stick to your source, you know, stick to your source, your source material. material. Yeah. You it's know, like with the movies. Yeah. Yes, I know the movies strayed very far, but they yeah. still have a lot of source material yeah. stuff. But stick closer to your source material, and I think you'll have more fans. Right. I understand, like, having 50 years of Iron Man history and trying to get all that together and throw it at the guys in who don't read movie. books. Yeah, but like, it's different for a TV show. Yeah, but it's different for a television show. You can do that. You can take Dude, 80 they, years. The Flash. Right, yeah. The Flash and the Arrow television shows. They're not animated, but those television shows... They've adapted, I think, almost a hundred percent of their comic books. Especially yeah, Arrow. I mean, I know Felicity's not real. So, no, she is. She's well, now she's. Oh no, no, she was originally like a weird character. Who no, she's Firestorm's stepmom from the comics. Felicity Smoke. Yes, it's Firestorm's stepmom. Yeah, but she was. Yeah, she was like a nothing character though. Yeah, in the comics. And then, yeah. then uh, New Fifty Two, they brought her and Diggle from the show, show into, the, comic, into the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They that version Felicity. Felicity. A bad guy, though. The, that, yeah, there was part of the Shadow And Diggle was, like, in a bunch of issues. Yeah, it was part of the uh, long, their version of Long World Hunters. Yeah, which was, was the Richard Dragon stuff. Yeah. And that was really cool to see. But, like, and the Flash stuff, besides... They weren't raised together. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it is. They weren't raised together. That was a big difference. So, like, what's up... Does he go to, like, a halfway house? I never understood Barry's origin. Because, like, watching the TV show, oh, he lived with Iris. Okay. But in the comic books, where does he go when his parents die? He's raised by Captain Singh. Really? Yep. Well, makes sense. Okay. You got me. Yeah, makes sense. That's it. They just change one person to another. Okay. But, like, seeing those characters interact and seeing, like, Flash, it's... Yeah, I know he doesn't work at Star Labs right at the beginning. He's mostly right. a detective in the books. Yeah. But they adapted uh, Girder and Turtle They took, they took and, different so villains. They took the classic rogues people. Yeah. From classic Barry. They took Wally's villains. Mm-hmm. And they added them. They took storylines and mixed them all together to make it, but it made, again. But they had a lot of source material. I mean, Savitar was weird. Right. And their version of Savitar was different. And, and the, you know, their version of Zoom was different. Yeah, but it was still very close to their but original stuff. But it's still adaptation. And even the change yeah. of origin makes sense for the show. Yeah, it fits into the when you they start. Right. When you make... That, that's why I guess so many anime series... You can. You don't have to change stuff because you're not doing it for actors. Yes, if you want to change for stuff for sto- uh, for story purposes, like Spike in X Men X Men Evolution, being Storm's nephew. Yeah, when he was just a nobody from from Ecstatic, it was an <laughs> adaptation of him, which then became later on someone else. Yeah, you know, you can do that things like that and make because you're doing it for a broader story. Yeah, you know, because he has trouble trying to fit up. You know, living with his aunt. You know, being around. And and trying to live up to her being a mutant, and he's he's getting his powers and mm-hmm. dynamic purposes. Yes, Can you, making someone alien and not doing anything with it makes no sense. So why'd you make him an alien? Yeah, you know. So that's what it is. Make your adaptations important. All right, guys, book review time. Yes. This week we got some good stuff. Yeah. So, honey, you want to start with your book? Give me my book. I usually start. Yeah, it's yeah. It's become a trend. I read Flash Forward from the pages of Heroes in Crisis. It is written by Scott uh. Lobdell. And the art is by Brett Booth. I thought it was Rockford. Oh, you know why I thought Rockford? I saw a Superman thing on my phone. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, so I need to Rock- not record and be on my phone. Rockford, it kind of looks like it, like from the beginning. But uh, it's a pretty good book. I will admit, if you haven't read Heroes in Crisis, you'll be a bit lost. They do kind of give you a small recap. They have Wally sitting in his prison cell like, Oh, man, I'm just hanging out. I know what I did was wrong, blah, blah, blah. We see some Roy dynamic. 
And then we see the character Tempest Fujinot, who was launched in Sideways. Sideways, which is a great book, underrated. Just Spider-Man with portals. And this character, just he's badass. I think he's always been a cool character ever since then. He's just cool looking. He's like the protector of the multiverse and the space between. Yes, he's... Alright, so... And then so, we see Wally locked up in Blackgate, which is the Flash prison. You're spoiling so much. It's the first three pages. I'm just I trying know, to give everybody from what he was back in Heroes of Crisis. So the rundown, he's been in jail. Yeah. He's been in jail for, I think, a month or two. I like the art. Okay. I liked Brett Booth more when he did regular Flash. I don't like the... I don't think... I think the inker is not well for this. Might be the like, colorist, because it seems like the color... Well, the colors in the first couple pages are great. And that's why I think it reminds hit, me of... This is good, too. But right when you flip to the Wally stuff, it just looks... The sh the shading is too and much. And that's why it reminds me of Rockford. It may not be boot stuff. I think it might be the, the colorist. You know, because Norm... Yeah, it might be... Yeah, Louis Guerrero. He's not his usual inker. Norm Rapmund, Rapmund is yeah. the usual inker for okay. uh, Booth. Because they did that a bunch in the, the uh, Flash run for New 52. Yeah. So they, they work together a lot. At least I think I remember. If I'm wrong, tell me. Usually I see those names together. But Luis Guerrero, I haven't seen his name in a bit. And I think it is definitely weird to see the inks on this. Plus, Wally just looks so old. He looks like he's 60. I know. And that it's, might... Look at that. All right, I know. It's a bit weird. All right, so what's I your... do like the story so far. It's really convoluted, though. Okay. There's also an interlude in the middle. That talks about the uh, the Metaton, the Metron chair. Yeah. Which is, that's going to be the whole basis the of this chair, story. Yeah. The Mobius chair, This is going to be the whole basis of this story. Yeah. It's, so Tempest summons Wally and goes, you got to go save the multiverse because you're the fastest speedster and yeah. also you're tied to it Somehow. because of stuff that happened with Flashpoint. Right. And when he got, when Dr. Manhattan yeeted him out. Yes. So. All right, so what's your favorite moment in the book? Favorite moment? Uh, it's going to be sad. The moment with, uh, it's like the fourth page with Roy drinking the spoiled milk. Uh, well, not the spoiled milk, the un... The unlabeled milk? The unpasteurized milk. No, yep. they're all labeled. Roy's just an asshole. Uh. So, like, it, it's, they're in the sanctuary house, the flashback. Roy's drinking expired, well, unpasteurized milk. They open up the fridge. You see, like, Lagoon Boy. No, uh, Gnark stuff's here. Wally's got, like, eight pizzas because of his, his metabolism. Yeah. And Roy and him are just having a good heart-to-heart. -heart. And then Roy says... Fine, I guess sour milk can't be any worse than therapy. What's that saying again? What doesn't kill us? And then he walks into like a big white door and it symbolizes like that was the last moment before Flash uh, before Wally exploded of stress and yeah. killed everybody. And I read that and I was like, uh, don't make me feel for Roy. I love Roy so much and he, he gets shafted all the time. The thing is, I think... Please be, event please be Leviathan. Please be Leviathan. I, I, want you I, back, have, I have a theory who Leviathan is. I was right. It's Elongated Man. Right? No, it's a Charlton character. <laughs> hey, Elongated Man did make an appearance. I'm not fully wrong. It was super cool to see. It was cool. Yeah, so I do like this book for the, for, for now. Yeah. It's a number so one. So what's your least favorite moment then? The ink. I mean, the, uh, the coloring. Okay. Because like, you'll get to stuff like this, and this is still Booth. It's not Clay Man stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm, the audience can't see. I'm pointing at one of the pages. Uh, it's flashing back to the two Wallies and... Holly Quinn and Booster fighting from Heroes of Crisis. Yeah. And the the ink, uh, the coloring looks good. I think it's because the setting he's in, when he's in jail, they draw it like a lot darker and dimly lit. And then when he goes into like the universe stuff, yeah. it's a lot better, I think. Okay. Cause look, look at that. Look at the colors on this. It looks a lot better than him and being in jail. Yeah. I think that's a, I think it's a symbolism thing though. Right. Cause it's going from dark to light and it's going to be the whole story. Cause at the beginning, what's his face? Tempest says, 
the, where, where there's light, there's darkness, all this yeah. stuff. He's doing, like, weird mumbo-jumbo multiverse stuff. So, I get it. I don't hate anything, really. Right. That's all I got. It's a all good right, book. so out of five. Four. You sound so thrilled. It's a four. Okay. And I burped right before it. I don't want to... I, 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 it's a four because it's... You gotta read Heroes in Crisis. I know you don't have to read it. It's pretty new reader-friendly. There's the one flashback. There's him talking about it in all the thought bubbles. But you really gotta read Heroes in Crisis or you're not gonna understand the emotional journey he went through and you're not gonna understand why he cares so much about what he did. True. He doesn't really explain why he cares so much. He's like, yeah, I killed heroes, real heroes. I'm not a real hero. But that's just... I don't know. This book is his redemption arc. Yep. It's literally... if. It's like they couldn't put it in a Flash book, so they gave him his own six-issue redemption arc. And it's going to be... Tempest is like, you're actually a hero, you need to save the multiverse. And while his whole thing is going to be, I can't save anybody, what? I'm nothing, I can't do nothing. And then we get to see a surprise appearance from a cool character on the last page from the multiverse. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's real cool. So, I mean, I thought it was cool, and it's exactly who you think it is if you know multiverse stuff. Yeah. You know it's not Captain Carrot, unfortunately. But he'll definitely make an appearance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll be upset. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a four. It's solid. The writing's good. It's Lobdell. If you don't like Lobdell, if you don't like Lobdell by now, why are you picking up these books? You know what I mean? <laughs> He's been writing for years, and his stuff is usually really good. Right. His Red Hood and the Outlaws from New 52 is I hit or miss. I love it. I it think was I hit or miss. But other than that, it's, his, the rest of his stuff's been pretty good. All right, I guess I'll do my book. What did you week. read, James? I did Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda. Oh, yeah. I read it, and I didn't like it as much as you did. Oh, I like it. But, there's oh, some cool I'll, stuff I'll, in it. Talk about it. All right. So, spin, it's, it's a direct spin out from Avengers, so if you're not reading Avengers... Was it Avengers 12? Yes, Avengers 12. When he leaves the team, right? When he creates... When you get to see the team's, like, official creation, yeah. but they've been around since Avengers issue 1. Uh, well, oh, yeah. issue 6, when he becomes chairman. Yeah. So, when they're like, oh, you're, he starts building this whole thing. They're the support staff of the Avengers. They're meant to be there to do things when the Avengers can't. It's like it's it's almost like Strike Force and X Force. Right. Strike Force is their X Force, and I think New Mutants is this to the Avengers. In a yeah, way, if you think about it. Yes. It's when the X Men are around, they do make the New Mutants do it. Yeah. Or Generation X yeah. or Next Gen or whatever it. they have. <laughs> Sorry, I, I like to flex my kind of knowledge when I can. <laughs> so what they do is they support staff. They're there to do jobs the Avengers can't. A, they won't be able to because of things like they're all fighting. Because they're all in hell or something. <laughs> I mean, yes. So this opens up with a basic mission. It's just to show off kind of who the agents are and what they're I doing. I kind of like Wasp's Red. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and I do too. Just because it's kind of like Ant-Man. Yeah, and they also have it where they all wear the same uniform. And they all have the well, same, all the same color accents. scheme. Yeah, yeah. And they all, has all, they all have the Wakandan uh, symbol. Mm-hmm. It's, pretty much a, it's pretty much S.H.I.E.L.D. If, if this is a way for them to do yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. book without being S.H.I.E.L.D. Because S.H.I.E.L.D. is disbanded right now. Yeah. So it leads up to them fighting a mission in Oklahoma, which for those that oh, don't know, Oklahoma used to be the where Asgard used to be for a little bit back during early parts of his stuff. Yeah, yeah. the whole thing. And they're fighting these demons, and a whole thing happens. I won't spoil the ending. Don't spoil the ending. Because that was hype. It was the best. Out of nowhere. Oh, really did. Anyway, so what's cool about this, the cast of characters are a mixed cast of characters. You I have, haven't heard of two of them. I know all of them. Well, you're Redmore. Weirdo. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. All right, so I'm going to list the, the, the characters that are that make up the agents of Wakanda. You uh, have... After that, I have a question about 
I'm not gonna spoil the ending, but there's a the issue two of the next page. I have a question about the character. Okay, but continue. Uh, so you have Wasp, who's the like, their field leader. Uh, then you have J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, that's what it is, Warwolf. That is, yes. Okay. That is, uh, Manwolf. Manwolf. Okay. Yep. And I did make a. I did see something in this that if you're not reading Absolute the Carnage, he's in Absolute Carnage. Yeah. Does it spoil it? Or it doesn't. But I think it might a little bit. It might take place afterwards. It might take place if he afterwards. dies in Absolute Carnage, then it's obviously he's in this book. It, it has to take place after because Anoke uh, from Black Panther. Oh, okay, well, yeah. Yeah, she's the leader of, like, she's the field director mm-hmm. of all this. Yeah, she's like the Maria Hill. Yeah. So, his text bubble looks like his text bubble's in Absolute Carnage and his eyes are red now. Mm, okay. So, I'm like, oh. So, there's some spoilers. Right, so it may be like an aftermath. Okay, okay. Uh, the rest of the agents are going to be... Uh, you have Kazar, Raz Solomon, who's from the Thor run. Who is this? She's from Mighty Thor. She's the girl everyone... Th- she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that everyone thought was th- uh, Mighty Thor before they revealed it was Jane Foster. Oh, okay. She gotcha. was a big prominent member of the back end of the Thor series. Okay, cool. Before Thor became unworthy. Um, then you had Agent Strongbow, uh, who's American Eagle, which is... Oh, a, yeah. Yeah, he's another backup character that showed. Then you have a, a, a Grilla Man, which we know from the Avengers book, who's actually a traitor. We know that. from the Avengers. He works for Dracula in the Avengers book. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they made him good again. No, they haven't yet. He's still a traitor. They haven't gotten to the redemption part of it. He's still secretly works for Dracula. In this book, too? We don't know in this book. Oh, okay. So he's still working for, secondly working for Dracula in... Yeah, he's secondly working for Dracula in the Yeah, we know that because of the Blade arc thing. Yeah, and so we know he's probably working for that. And we have Brute from X-Men. Oh, Brute is in the book. Yeah. That that was my question. Yeah. I didn't know. The Brute... uh, Because I didn't see him on the cover of this issue. Yeah, no, he's at the... He's in the corner. Because he's on the cover of the next issue. And then you have uh, Fat Cobra. Fat Cobra. From Iron Fist. Such a lame name for that guy. I understand what it means. He's part of like the not the Serpent Society, but no, it might have been Serpent Society. Yeah. And the name, the character's dope. So that's what makes the team. I really like the book. I really enjoyed it. I think it's like a spy thriller team up type of book. Um, the only thing that I the one I'll tell you my one negative I have about the book. It's cool if you know the characters, but like you're like you you might as well have thrown anybody in that book. Yeah, who the fuck is Kazar? Right. I don't, I don't know who he is. Like, I, too do I. You know, for me, I think it's cool because it's a nice hodgepodge of characters I've seen. Yeah, it's, ra- ra- it's random-ass characters that nobody knows oh, about. Oh, by the way, it's Jim's... Uh, it's, oh, yeah, who's it's the, uh, the creative Jim, team? Yeah, the team is Jim Zub and, oh my god, right, uh, Lan Medea. Sorry, oh, I should have said that from the beginning. And it's Black Panther, Ancient Wakanda, number one. Yeah. So that's the thing. I really think the biggest part of what makes this book meh in a sense of a uh, sense of characters, it's not like a team book where they're you. What's good about it is if you've been reading the Avengers, this team makes sense. They already reformed the Avengers. You don't have to worry about like oh where who are these people because issue twelve gives you a whole rundown. Like Odin's yeah. part of the Agents of Wakanda. Okay. You know, so it's like yeah, they're on one of the covers and they reference that in the back. Issue twelve, yeah. yeah. So it's not like if you if you've been reading Avengers, great you know great kind of side story if you wanted to read some cool stuff. Yeah. Bad thing is. For new readers picking this up, they're like, 
who are these characters? Why should I care? Why is this team his team? Most people know Black Panther, Okoye, and Wasp. Only and that's people, why he's... people only know Okoye because of the movie. Yeah, and that's why her name. That's why the name Black Panther appears on the title. Yeah, if it was just called Ages of Wakanda, people would be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and if you especially open it's that like book, Batman and the Outsiders. I know Outsiders right. is more of a name seller than Ages of Wakanda because yeah. it's been around for a while. But, I mean, but, but still, you have the namesake on the front. Ages of Wakanda. You're thinking Black Panther, not Gorilla Man, yeah, exactly. not Wasp, not Kazar. That's why it's Black Panther and the, uh, yes. That's why it's Black Panther and the crew. Yeah. It's kind of what this is. It works. Think, spiritual successor. Yeah. Not spiritual successor at all. Spiritual successor, yeah. Like, not at all. In th- like, in theory, it's Black Panther and a team. Spiritual successor. Not not actual successor, spiritual. Kind of like how Cowboy, uh, Space Dandy is the spiritual successor to Cowboy Bebop. That's true. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Before we talk about our book of oh, the week. I didn't even give my rating or my, oh. my biggest moment. Thanks, Hunter. You stopped and looked at your phone. I know. I got to stop doing that. That's what got me in trouble <laughs> in this podcast. Favorite, favorite moment, moment, I won't spoil. My favorite moment is the last page. Okay. What's your second favorite moment? Oh, second favorite moment is when... Uh, you can't spoil your first. I know. Because uh, when Man-Wolf transforms and like he, he's, like, he just messes his broad up. He's like, oh, you think you got... No. I don't need backup. I am my backup. Well, what's your rating? Uh, four or five. Okay. Four okay. or five. Again, it's one of those... It's great for me. I've been reading Avengers. I like it. It's, uh, it's a hard sell for people who aren't reading Avengers. Or, or that deep into any lore of, of Marvel. Yeah. If you could have made this... Flash Forward is. If right. you haven't read Hires in Crisis, it's hard to pick it up. Yeah. I mean, it's a, you like Wally, you read it. You yeah. Know what I mean... So... Before we talk about yes. the book of the week, you need to give us an update on your House and Powers theory. Okay. We want to do this before we close the show. Yes. So, hit us with your updated theory. Tiny spoilers yes. for... Issue four, five, and issues four and five, five. Of House and Powers. Powers. All right. So I've been saying this if you me on Twitter, or you said this on one of the podcast episodes. Right, and I said one of the podcasts is that Mr. Sinister is Xavier under the helmet. This In still some not way, conf- shape, or form. Yeah, it's not confirmed or anything, but we saw. All right, so in. I want to say House Four. So last week in Powers Four, the entire issue revolves around Mr. Sinister joining Xavier and Magneto. And I've been saying this since the beginning. It's been very weird that that Xavier's acting the way he does. This whole thing about mutant domination, mutants' uh, biggest natural resources are mega level mutants. Even the house storyline in the early ones where Mr. Sinister, who's been a known traitor to the X-Men the entire time, and he's not even a real mutant, uh, creating mutants and helping populate the war- the future with mutants doesn't make any sense. This it, it doesn't make sense for Xavier to do that. But it does make sense for someone that Mr. Sinister to do. Yeah. For him to, going back to the opening about the bodies coming out of the, the thing in-house. Where I'm like, in issue one saying, hey, those are probably clones. That's that's literally up to Sinister's alley. And what we got in this issue. I will get, I will get to that. Uh, you have villains teaming up with, uh, with the X-Men. And seemingly just listening to Xavier. You know, you have the complete obedience of mutants that you know, have problems with Xavier. Complete obedience. You know, you have, char- you know, the whole thing that even Mrs. Sinister's even allowed to work together. And anytime Apocalypse is around, you know Mrs. Sinister's not that far away. So, and the fact that he wears his helmet. So my theory is that it's Mrs. Sinister under the helmet because he has shape-shifting abilities anyway. That he has a helmet, that the helmet he wears is to, to block out people trying to read his mind, but amplifies his own psychic powers which he has. And they spoil that he has other powers that he's taken from other mutants. Now, this is this is definitely spoiled for Powers Five. 
that the my theory was or part of my theory is right that the mutants that were in the beginning of House were clones, and how they became clones. I won't spoil the reasons of it how and why, whatever. Before you finish, it kind of makes sense. On I, I know we talked about the whole controversy between Rosenberg and Hickman, and Hickman was like, "You got to put the toys back where they are at the end of the book because it makes better for the other writers." Blah blah blah, and it, it's kind of what happened with Deadpool and how they put him back in the Amnesia Rocket. But I feel like this makes sense on how all the X Men got back from. Rosenberg's run. Yeah. Rather than them just being mysteriously back. Right. This kind of makes sense. Yeah, so I won't spoil exactly what happens because I want people to read it. But spoil it lends... what you have to spoil. But, so there's a, they are, there's a means that they're pretty much pod people. Without spoiling the exact yeah. breakdown on, on everything. They bring back a great character. And they bring, <laughs> yeah, in your opinion. Hey, he's fun. But they come back and they have this weird blind loyalty to Xavier and... It ties back to what happened in House last week, where Mr. Sinister was hit the database of mutants he'd been collecting. Mm-hmm. So, this all, and we haven't seen Mr. Sinister at all in this book, but yet he played, besides in, in House, which is a flashback. So, yeah. there's something bigger, and that can't be Xavier. That ha- and they make a reference, and this Xavier is the one. seems like kind of like a douche. Right, and this is the one spoiler I will say about Powers this week, Powers 5. There's a line that says, We don't know, we've never tried. But what happens when you put the mind of a mutant in a husk, in a husk of a mutant where he doesn't belong? That puts your theory into a whole correct perspective. Yeah. What? So they put. That's exactly what happened in Astonishing X Men number twelve, where right. they took Phantom X's husk and put Xavier's mind into it. Right. Hickman, I feel like, is trying to draw that from Rosenberg's run, yeah. which is weird. Pull that from Rosenberg and go. This is the husk of Professor X and Phantom X. And Sinister nope. somehow got into it. Yeah. That's why he's not showing his face. Yeah. Maybe his eyes have the Sinister eyes. Or he has a diamond. Or maybe, yeah, the diamond on his forehead. Yeah. Something is up with Professor X, and we're going to find out in the last issues probably. Yes, so I'm saying and that. that's why Cyclops is picking the X-Men in the X-Men book. Yeah. Professor X should be the person, from what we've seen in these books right now, he tells Cyclops, take these people, go. Yeah. If Cyclops is calling the shots in X-Men, this makes a lot of sense that yeah. he's Sinister. And they, maybe, they might kill him at the end. Yeah. Because we haven't seen... Magneto or Xavier in any of the new books. Right. We've only seen Apocalypse and Excalibur. Right. That's it. Right. So that's my theory. Continue. The, oh, you had a little bit left. Oh, so that whole theory about his mind being hot, we don't know what it's going to be, and that's why it may be a deformity that happens or, or a remnant of both bodies, body yeah. and mind tra- fighting each other, and why he wears the helmet to keep mm-hmm. control of the powers, you know. And so... And I've already tweeted Jonathan Hickman and Marvel at this <laughs> yeah, like multiple. I did yesterday. I did this morning, and I did it like about like a, about th- <laughs> about like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, when I was like, "Yeah, this is definitely sinister." So my theory is out there. I'm calling it now that yeah, he's definitely my added validity. To your yeah, I definitely. It, make, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes definitely sense. Because why would X Men? Oh, what X Men? Why would uh, Cyclops all of a sudden start calling the shots? I know he's the the leader, but Professor X is pulling a lot of the strings in this. Why isn't he pulling the strings in any of the other books? Him and Magneto were nowhere to be seen. Why is that? Right. We see Apocalypse. We know Mr. Sinister is coming back as a villain in one of the other X-Men books, I think. Fallen Angel, right? Isn't he a villain in that one? We are not 100% sure yet. Okay, I thought there was mention of Sinister. Anyway, there's no mention of X being anywhere. Unless I'm totally wrong and I haven't read everything. 
the solicits. I right. thought we, I did. We don't know. We haven't seen Xavier Lewis we'll, anywhere. We we'll seen see him. in the, this week's, uh, I think, Friday, we'll see the Marvel solicits. Yeah. And if they go, Xavier talks to Cyclops, and we'll go, well, maybe uh, we're wrong, wrong, but we're right right now. Yeah. So that was my theory. I it's also cool. weird seeing Professor X walk around. I know he's done it before. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I liked him in his cool chair. All right, so let's go to our book of the book week. Book of the week. All right, so we've been shitting on this book before it came out. What is it, Hunter? It's Spider-Man number one by J.J. Abrams and Henry Abrams and Sarah Pacelli. Yeah. And have to look at that to know the team. And Dave Stewart does colors. Yes. Because I saw that in the bottom corner. I think that's funny. That's like, he's in there. Yeah. So. So. Okay. We were shitting on this book. Spoilers are across the board. We're fully spoiling this book. This is my thought process going into it. Before I read the book, me and you were talking about how Henry's an untested writer. He might have written something small with J.J. at one point, but for, to my knowledge, he's an untested writer, especially for Marvel. J.J., untested writer for Marvel as well, except he's got some validity behind it. He's got clout. He's done movies, the Cloverfield, all that kind of stuff. But taking a high-budget character like Spider-Man, a high-profile character like Spider-Man, and giving it to an untested writer and his father... Yeah. Is weird. Putting Sarah Pacelli on the book is kind of like them going, you'll buy this book, right? That's a good Spider-Man artist on it. So, we know it's an alternate dimension. Now we Kind of like Spider-Verse. Not kind of, it's just an alternate reality. Yeah, like, kind of like how there's other Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse stuff. Just... We see Peter Parker basically loses a hand. Yep. Gets a little hook. Kind of like um, Mike Broker's character, Merle, in Walking Dead. Yep. And we see Cadaverous... Who's kind of cool. I kind of dig him. I, I was against it at first. He kills MJ. Yeah. Straight up and throws her off a bridge. Yep. And then we fast forward 12 years. The kid's getting in trouble at high school. Yeah. And it's, it's also his powers. Peter's an absentee father because of the death of Mary Jane. And also he's working. Yeah. He's also a world right now. Yeah. Well. Kind of late. She's also alive still. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that was my thing. Think of an old Aunt May and then jump 12 years. <laughs> yeah, like, she's like, she's still Unless alive. Unless this is the world where... Hot, thotty Aunt May. No, not... Uh, maybe. No, this is the world where Aunt May, it was a... Well, like, uh, these two hook up a lot younger than they did in the movie No, books. it looks like the same age. I mean, what we see, but obviously May. Dude, May honestly looks younger than she does in the current book. I know. If you look at Friendly Spider-Man and you see May, she looks like... A skeleton with hair. <laughs> if you read this, she a thick woman. She big. <laughs> she older. She she big. Yeah, she's older. So we see Ben just getting into some trouble. Yeah. Going to Aunt May. Peter shows up. He's got the hook hand. Yeah, and he's a, he's an absentee father, and it's the back and forth between them, and it really revolves about their missing relationship with MJ. Whether Peter feels because Peter feels responsible responsible for her death, and Ben just doesn't know his mom. Yeah. He she was he was like what not five like three or four no. He's five. No, because five plus 12 is 17. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking he was old, like nine or something. No. You know, he's he was definitely five. Yeah. So having a 17-year-old, another 17-year-old Spider-Man come into play is... Right. It's a lot. The only thing about this that doesn't make sense is Carnivorous and his... Cadaverous. Cadaverous. And that his, uh, his Nora Fries. Yeah. Who is definitely MJ. Yeah. So I don't think it's actually MJ. I think it's... Because Spider-Man, uh, Cadaverous appears and says, Spider-Man, I need your help. Get him. And then MJ's just kind of in the way, so he goes, all right, fuck you. And we know that the body is buried. Yeah. We know that MJ is dead and buried, and Peter got her. Right. But Cadaverous has this test tube wife, or girl, and it doesn't look like Mary Jane. No, because it's... But they're going to use the technology to resurrect Mary Jane. Or Cadaverous might dig up her body, because it's been 12 years, yeah. and go... I'm going to use this against you I think, because fuck you, Spider-Man. I honestly think my take on it, because it, it can be read because it's also, so issue one. Also, we can see who Cadaverous is. He's yeah. a 
Yeah. He's not just a robot. Right. But we don't know who he is. Yeah. My take on it, and because it, it, this is issue one, so you can see there's a, a kind of an open it's interpretation. A and it's an open interpretation because yeah. it is issue one, and it's set in an alter reality. This might be a different take on the death of Gwen Stacy and the Jackal situation. Mm-hmm. Where Gwen dies and Jackal revives her. Mm-hmm. Where Cadaverous was meant to be a character that tied to Peter and he needs Peter's help and then it kills MJ and he's doing it to like because he has a, a weird situation doesn't Cadaverous is future Peter Parker Cadaverous could be Jackal no, think about it why would we kill her that's the whole point it doesn't make sense it would make sense if he's a future Peter that's the same arm Spider-Man loses oh yeah I think it's a future Peter Parker or an alternate dimension version of that Peter Parker who loses yeah. the arm. Oh man! But why would I'm gonna he kill start rocketing? Her? I don't know why he would kill her. That's the only thing I don't know. That's the only thing I can't piece together. And we, or maybe she... he's so blinded that he doesn't know. Or maybe he needed her DNA, so he needed some blood and needed to kill her. But then her. we kill her. Then what's resurrect her twelve years or later? Needed, and then he needed Peter's help. It doesn't make sense yet. Or he needed and... Peter. Or he needed to become that version of himself through tragedy. We're just spinning wheels at this point, anyway. Oh, there, there are some dots that I just connected in my head where I just kind of threw out a theory. It could be wrong. It's definitely wrong. But, like, it, it made sense in my head for a split second. I wanted to say it. It's still... Cadaverous could be Peter. It could be an old Peter, but the problem is the death of MJ. That's that's the... the that's the kicker that I don't get Right. Yet. Unless we find out that it's... Unless, a, unless that, that MJ is in there, it might be his MJ from uh, a different universe. Hold on. I'm trying to visualize. It's... Peter from the future. I'm trying to figure out why Cadaverous would... Unless it's a time loop. But then why would he... How would he get himself there? Fuck. This is my theory now. It's a time loop. Or... It's JJ, it's weird, it's time loop. That's me. That's my theory right now. Or it could just be that he's from... He's an alternate dimension Peter. With the same kind of... Missing the same arm, potentially. I'm going to get there. Yeah. He is from an alternate future where he needs Peter's help to save MJ. Mm-hmm. But because he's blinded by all the stuff that happened, because he says, remember, the rules are different now. That's the whole yeah. talk that Peter and MJ have in the opening of the movie. The rules are different now. Yeah. Well, it, it might be a reference to the son, the fact that they have a son, you know, and that might be it too. Yeah. And again, this is all spitballing theories that he is an alternate version of Peter that wants. Because the woman in the the tube at the end might be his Mary Jane from his world, and he yeah. needed Peter to save her, save her. But then, because he's fighting Peter, he kills Mary Jane accidentally because she's in the way, and that's what spurns him, thinking that would spurn him to save his Mary Jane instead. Yeah, continue to search. Yeah, hmm. it's, it's definitely a Peter Parker. It feels to me like it's Peter under there. It makes sense doing a, a different a difference of time and stuff, and then it might just end up being where. Peter and Ben team up to fight this alternate version of Peter and to stop them from... Spider-Man one arm? <laughs> yeah, to stop resurrecting his mother. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think it's future Peter. Your theory has definitely got more validity than mine, but mine makes more sense into J.J. Abrams' headspace. That's fair. Anyway, I liked the book. As much as we shit on it for the last probably like 17 episodes... I know, It true. wasn't a bad book, and I give them credit... I just don't know where Henry's contributions are. Is it like a bad... Like it if, reads like J.J. Like Abrams' story. Yeah. Like, did Henry write a script and J.J. fixed it up? And since it's Henry's idea, they gave him credit and Marvel let him put his name on it? 
or is it JJ and his son literally worked together writing something as father and son? Right. That's what they want you to believe it is, but I think Henry wrote a script for a Spider-Man story, and his dad was like, I'll fix it up, and we'll talk to Marvel. Yeah. I'd like JJ or Henry to contact us, <laughs> but now that the book came out and it was announced, if I try to tweet at any of them, they'll be like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I mean, JJ would never answer a tweet, but his son might. Hmm. Anyway. What's your favorite moment in the book? Hmm. I like the Peter Parker, uh, I like the Benjamin uh, discovering his powers thing. Always in the... He rips the door off. Yeah. I like him also fighting the bullies and be doing what Peter Parker does where he stands up for this, the, the little guy. Yeah. And then he gets in trouble for it. Yep. And he's like, but they deserved it, but they were bullying. It's like, yeah, but you didn't need to punch the kid in the face. Alright, so on. what's your negative about the book? I don't like alternate dimension stuff with Spider-Man. Okay, fair. Every time they do that kind of like Spider-Man Reign. Eh. I don't like it Why? when they take the Peter Parker formula and go, here's a drastic change! That's the whole point, though. Mm. It's so good. I like... So I'll tell you my no, like... like I, they, them killing Mary Jane throws off a whole thing in my head where it's just kind of like, Getting rid of Mary Jane is something every writer does. Yeah. But killing her off, it just seems lazier. So... Uh, but don't get me wrong. The Mephisto thing is not a good... I'm not saying Dan Slott's Mephisto taking away the marriage is better. I'm saying killing Mary Jane off isn't a... It's cliched. Yeah. So I'll They th fridged his mom. Yeah. They Ben's mom got fridged so he could become Spider-Man. Yeah. We talked about it. I've pitched stories to you and you're like, that's fridging. Mm -hmm. This is fridging. Yeah, it is. Why kill... Mary Jane, so Peter can grow up and lose. So Peter can grow, grow up and be become mopey. an father. Ben and can being... grow up not knowing his mom and become Spider Man. And Mary Jane can get. I'm not Mary Jane. Aunt May can get fat. <laughs> <laughs> it just. I know. It's fridging. I, I just find it lazy. Yeah. It's. I, I still like it. I'm yeah. giving it more than a three point five. Okay, so more than three point. It's gonna get four. But like, I'm like, there's no only. It's, it's gonna get four, but I just don't like how. All right, so I'll tell you mine. My likes about the book are I do like this alternate dimension. I so I can I can still read my ASM yeah, yeah, yeah. and read my Spider-Man. Good book. for that. So if you I just don't like one. I the things I don't like about it, just calling Spider-Man. I don't like. Yeah, it's kind of like this is the Spider-Man book. Yeah, it's just called Spider-Man. Yeah, which it should be called Spider-Man Cadaverous, like how they do yeah. Spider-Man Wrath or Spider-Man yeah. Spiral or Spider-Man or whatever you want to call it. Hunted, whatever. Yeah, call it something else. Um, Spider-Man Cadaver, Spider-Man Next Generation Passing the Torch, Spider-Man... Well, I, I think they did that not to spoil the book. Yeah, I know. Were you like, to call Spider-Man Cadaverous? Yeah, Spider-Man Cadaverous. Or, or Spider-Man Haunted. And that it's, would kind of give it away. No, because you wouldn't know. Haunted? Yeah, because you wouldn't know. Because they were saying that Cadaverous means something to them. It's could, also so close to Haunted. Yeah, but you still, that's fine. You know... That's my only thing that I didn't like about... And the thing I didn't like about the book is that there's no explanation. That the opening is a cold opening. I don't like it's cold openings. It's a very cold opening. I don't like cold openings. It's literally the coldest opening. Yeah, I still like cold <laughs> openings. Uh, my likes about the book, I do like how Ben discovers powers and anime. It's just like, go upstairs. You're Spider-Man. I'm going to bed. <laughs> You're Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm going to bed. You're Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my one big like. Oh, I can't wait to see his suit. Yeah. I want to see what his suit's going to look like. I want to see what his dad in the beginning. Because this isn't a Spider-Man story. This oh. is a... Okay... JJ would be like, it's a Spider-Man story. It's a Ben story. It's not a Peter story. It's a Ben story. Yeah. Just like how, yes, Miles is a Spider-Man story, but it's more a Miles story than it is a Peter story because it's not about Peter. Yeah. This is a Ben story. It is. 
and calling it Spider-Man, I do understand why. I know you didn't. You just said you didn't like it. I know why. Because they're saying just like how original Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, anyone can be Spider-Man. Yeah. It's not just Peter. Yeah. Ben. Ben Riley. Kane. Miles. Anyone can yeah. be Spider-Man. So I get that. But I see your point. Don't just call it Spider-Man. It yeah. confuses people. Yeah. This is just Spider-Man. It's like, oh, it's the flagship Spider-Man book. Let's get this. So I'm giving it a four out of five. I'm giving it a four too. All these books this week got fours. Yeah. Because they're pretty good. They are. From what I read of Wakanda, it was cool. Flash forward. I liked this book. I liked, but you know me and Spider-Man. I'm very picky with Spider-Man books. You are. It's because I, I love the character so much sure. that I don't Picky like bitch. it when they... Not that I don't like it when they change the status quo because then I look like the guys who didn't like the diversity back in All New All Different. I just, I like Peter Parker the way he is. Yeah. And when they change him, it has to be in such a way where, in my opinion, it makes sense. And killing off Mary Jane is lazy. Giving him the hook hand is just weird. And making him a mopey absentee father, absolutely fucking not. Spider-Man wouldn't do that. After the death of Mary Jane, Spider-Man would cling to his son like a fucking creepy dad. That's a weird way to put it, but yeah. Not a creepy dad, but like one of those dads who makes their life all about their son, and then the son has to go, Dad, you gotta get out there and date. You can't just be my dad the whole time. Go right. be your own person. That's what I thought. When I, right when I saw MJ die, I thought, oh man, it's gonna go to that. It's gonna be like Spider-Man is super obsessed with making sure he's there for his son because... Complete opposite. No, no, no. Spider-Man blames himself for not being there to save Mary Jane, but then he's not there to help his son. I understand he needs to make money to keep them in the house or whatever, and yeah. also to support Aunt May because she's probably got old shit going on because she's an old person. Yeah. But don't make Peter an absentee father. Ben and May were always there for Peter. Yeah. Why would he all of a sudden just abandon? Dude, when Ben when Ben Parker dies, I, I get it. I Aunt know. May, I get it. Oh, I get it. Problems. But the problem you're looking at it. The true reason why this this doesn't make sense. Him being absentee father doesn't make sense is because he wasn't. He was. He wasn't. He was there, and he didn't save Uncle Ben. Now he was there and couldn't save MJ. Why would he not cling to his fucking child? Yeah, dude. When Ben died, Aunt May clinged to him like you're my one thing now. I love you. I'm gonna support you no matter what you but do. But for Peter himself, for to abandon his son to go do business trips. But that's the thing. He, in this timeline, I'm assuming it's the same. Why would you give up being Spider-Man? Even though you have one hand, Reed Richards no, no, can give you a I, robot. No, no, I understand. I know. I understand giving up the Spider-Man part. I understand all that. It does the one part that doesn't make sense is that he's an absentee father yeah. because of the death of MJ. It would actually make more sense that he clings to his son because he was lazy with his powers in the beginning, got uh, Uncle Ben killed, was overconfident of his powers as we see in the opening yeah. fighting cadaverous. Gets MJ killed. He makes a couple jokes like, hey, you should see the other guy. Right. And then it would make more sense that he, he retires from being Spider-Man, but becomes obsessive and overprotective of Peter, I uh, of Ben. the better, if they still wanted to go the absentee father route, I think the better version of it would be he becomes Spider-Man 90% of the time. Yeah. Because if he can't protect MJ, he has to protect everyone else. Right. And I think that would have been a better absentee father story than the one we have. Right. Why would he quit being Spider-Man to go do business stuff? Instead of getting an arm from Reed or literally anyone who makes robot right. arms, Tony Stark could have given him Again, one. I can understand him retiring because of the death of MJ because that's what turned him off from being a hero because he couldn't save her. And I understand that, but then ignoring his son. Yeah. That's, that's the well, disconnect. Yeah, that's do, the you thing. can do one or the other. Yeah. You can't 
quit being a hero and then ignore your son. Yeah. You can quit being you can quit you can quit being a hero and then be obsessive with your son. Yeah. Or you have to or you stay being a hero and then you're absentee. Right. Because of the yeah. Because of being a hero. Because you want to protect literally everybody that you're forgetting about protecting your son. And then you get yourself hurt again. And then his son has to protect. I think that would be better. Yeah. But being absentee father and going away on business trips is just lazy. So are you still giving it a four after this? Yeah, yeah. I because it's well written. Yeah. Uh, just because I'm pl- poking plot holes and wishing it was different doesn't mean that it's a bad book. True. Anyway, right. guys, That's... sorry I went on for too long. His... I like Spider-Man I too much. I'll cut out some of the ranting you stuff that doesn't to. need to be there. Sorry? Some of the stuff. So, guys, as <laughs> always, Jesus, this has been a weird episode. This is a two-hour episode. <laughs> a lot of nonsense. Yeah, a lot of Spider-Man. I mean, we, I laughed through some of this because I pulled the bonehead move. Yeah, well, that stuff, unfortunately, has to get cut out. <laughs> Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs> you guys can head over to our website, androidscomics.com, to check out this week's previews and new releases. Follow us on Instagram at androids underscore comics and Twitter at androids comics for up-to-date news. If you listen to us on, on Apple Pods, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you're listening to us on any other app, please don't forget to share. And as always, support your lo- local comic shop. And have a good one. Stay spectacular. Yeah, spectacular, spectacular <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs>